Hello, welcome to Waiting for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. I'm your host, Gimme Debt Wheat, and we are here. We have a jam-packed episode. We're going to be talking about some of the uh, biggest topics that we've had to talk about in a while, probably, all in one episode. So, uh, you know, it's very fitting that, uh, that we're here with a couple great guests. And uh, before we get to any of our great guests, I have to talk about um, someone who's here on the show today. One of the uh, most eligible talents in Melee. Of course, talking about Edwin Budding, my good friend. Hello. What's going on, Edwin? I'm doing pretty well, Wheat. I'm really excited to go to Collision this week. I'm excited to talk about Bemi. Uh, I'm not super excited to talk about our first topic, but, you know, got to get it out of the way. Sort of a big scene news and everything. I'm actually uh, I'm actually thrilled to talk to Zane again. I believe this is his second time on the show. And Wills, I believe it's their first, maybe? maybe uh, second. Technically second? Yeah, okay, so they came on. We, <laughs> we, we, we did, I mean, the, the lore, the, this was also not a waiting for game episode, but the lore is that uh, Wills came on and we basically denied COVID. Yeah, the COVID denier episode of... Uh, oh, of fun. The, the, unli the, unlist the unlisted episode. <laughs> not even unlisted. That didn't even... That's far from uploaded. Uh, <laughs> this is wrong. We don't need to get into it. I'm sure we could find a uh, group of character mains that would be down to listen to that episode. <laughs> I will say... <laughs> I, this is episode, this is so upsetting to me. <laughs> since I, the episode he, he I do, won't... I have believed in COVID. He won't I shut do, up. Yeah, I do believe in he COVID. won't shut up about these this specific group of character mains, and now he's been so justified in it, and I'm just annoyed because I have to listen to it for even longer now. I'm gonna see him at Collision, and he's gonna have all of these conspiracy theories about Ganondorf players, and I'm just I'm gonna have to continue listening to it. Zane, you know how exactly how I feel. When Edwin is right, it's a horrible feeling. When Ampy's right, it's a horrible feeling. <laughs> It's it's both suck. So oh, true. We, we this is see what Edwin is like when he's group. right, but when Abby's right, he's just like, dude, I'm always right. Why don't people listen to me? Um, but of as course... usual, I think I am correct, and that I thought about this properly. <laughs> was that your ambient? Was that your ambient impression? <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot of work has gone into that. Um, but before we get to uh, any more slandering of the uh, the melee stats brass. Yeah, let's let's kind of uh, give a full introduction to these guests that we're having on. I know we kind of revealed who they are, but we've got Ipengu. How are you doing, Zane? Feeling a little blurry. Uh, I'm doing okay. You know, as well as you can be after um, you lose mm -hmm. your dream job eight days ago. But I'm doing pretty good. And uh, and Will's your your first time on waiting for game officially. How are you doing, man? Um, I've been waiting the game. I'm excited. Excited to play ball with the greats here. Um, now, this is not, unfortunately, this is not the uh, the podcast where you can win. No one's winning here. No, we're no, all, no. We're all there's, always, there's always a cultural and yet, And win. yet, Edwin still tries. <laughs> always try to win, baby. You win. Oh, someone always board. has to be owned. That's the, that's the goal. Even if it's me, I'm okay with it. It just has to happen. Sure, no you set what. yourself up to be owned. If no one has been owned, I will grace myself at the altar. You will assume ownership? Yes. Or, or well, <laughs> conceded, really. But... <laughs> Alright, well, we'll see if by the end of the episode if no one's owned. We'll see how you accept No, someone ownership. will be owned. <laughs> it will happen. 
Well, let's get into let's get into this jam packed episode because we have a lot to talk about. You know, uh, when when we moved to a bi weekly show, it seemed like a great idea. We were basically saving so much time doing these, not doing these episodes where it was just like talking about events that didn't occur that weekend, and, and basically, you know, what would we what were we doing when we were we were weekly? We we're just like, you know, hey, the rankings still exist. We would basically just say that, um, but but of course. There are times when uh, when being biweekly uh, has has kind of come up to bite us, and and you know I'm sure that everyone knows of the events that happened in the past week. Um, and uh, let's let's get right into it. So I just want to say this is just like I've been considering going to biweekly with my therapist, and then every time I miss a week, I'm like never, never fucking doing that. <laughs> I'm too much to talk about. My life is this is how I view Edwin as my therapist, by the way, which is. <laughs> Uh, probably why I've been Not so explained. sad recently. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Speaking of sad, uh, I think the, the melee scene and, and a lot of other scenes were <laughs> saddened by the news that we saw last week, which was, of course, um, I'm sure I know you haven't mentioned, but for, for anyone who doesn't know, was that Beyond the Summit is um, going to be shutting down. So this is news that affects basically, you know, every single person in the Smash scene. I know that the um, the news that we had about Smash World Tour and and Panda last year uh, kind of numbed people to the idea of of these kind of big news uh, drops, but I don't think anyone was prepared for BTS, and I have yet to find anyone who was not just crushed by this information. Um, Zane, I know that you had a you had your Foresight Fights episode, which was uh, I guess an elegy to, to the Fights. organization. Yes, sorry. I, I actually uh, I, won that episode because I died first on Foresight, but it was a funeral, so I'm pretty sure that I uh, achieved the goal. Um, what What do you want to talk about when we talk about BTS? Because I don't want to give you any pointed questions. I, it's a sore subject. Oh, I, mean, I don't want to. That's okay. I, I'm fine with pointed questions. Well, just let's talk about what Beyond the Summit meant to you obviously it was a job but but like you said it was a treat job right it was it's more yeah. than just an employment you're not you're not just you know um checking in each day it's it's more to that so what is the what did bts mean to you uh i don't know how many people like know this but i have been a, a decent amount of you do i do grad school while working full-time like i'm a full-time grad student as well uh which has been insane but BTS is like one of the only jobs I can picture myself doing that for. It put my head on straight. It like helped me be more productive in the rest of my life. Um, and I'm not actually really looking for work that much anymore because I'm going to try doing grad school without having a full time job at the same time because it seems like maybe a good idea to do that. I don't know. It was just it was a family. It was something that taught me what I'm capable of and and. Also, it was my favorite esports company in the world as a fan and mm. as a member of it. I don't think anyone has ever done it or probably will ever do it better than BTS, which I know sounds um, hyperbolic, but God, it was it was good. It was, it was really, 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 really good. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm mourning. I'm in mourning just like the rest of everyone else uh, because I think it was just really special. One of the really unique things about BTS was just how it, it felt like it was an organization that was just like friends with everyone, right? Yeah. Um, 
it was an organization that did not start in Smash. I, I, I think that you know when we when we had an episode a while back with Blur. I don't know. God, was this like is Melee dying part one of part whatever we're at right now? Um, we talked about how Melee is something where we really do recognize when other people try to get into Melee, and um, it's like you recognize the people who get in trying to think that this is a, a cash grab of sorts, I guess is probably the easiest way to say it. And then you recognize the people who are really willing to put in the effort. And I brought up, you know, if if you think that, um, that that's not possible to get into the scene and, and be loved, then you have to, like, think that BTS is... You have a fundamental misunderstanding of BTS because they were a company that came in and was willing to put so much effort and so much love into the work that they did that they ended up being viewed as like one of our own. And, and, and for the most part, they were right. All the names that, that came from there, um, they were so ingrained in the smash community. And in a way, you know, we saw Panda, we saw smash world tour. We saw these things blow up. And of course there was a lot of talk about um, what that means for the scene. But when BTS announced this, I felt like everything was personal. Like every message I saw totally. was, well, you know, what does this mean for the scene? But it was followed by, like, just, like, how saddened everyone was. Um, Edwin. Do, do you remember, by the way, I want to say really quickly, when Fendi tried to take down DTS? When Fendi came for BTS? And it was like, these guys are... No, I don't. What is he... What, what was this? <laughs> I mean, he didn't really try to take down BTS. But Fendi had... Fendi was very, and maybe rightfully so, very suspicious or just like very wary of the amount of money that bts was i think i vaguely and how remember it was being this. allocated and he wrote this whole medium article about like how we need to be cautious um then he had it out for, for bts for a little bit and then and then mikey decided to make him jeff probst and more bad blood suddenly yeah. he was quiet so, suddenly <laughs> big fendi but by, by which i i say that in like the same realm as big tobacco Yes. <laughs> stopped. Stopped. Uh, stopped the propaganda. As soon as he got a little whiff of the BTS cash, principles went out the window. Uh, Edwin, tell me, tell me what went through your mind when when you saw that BTS news. Yeah. So I I guess um, I guess the way I would put it is that I, I don't have quite the personal relationship or e even the professional relationship with people at at BTS or just BTS as an institution like. Like you, for instance, or obviously Zane, but I, I can say as someone who has his you know nose to the nose to the ground of the scene and that sort of likes to think that he understands how how things happen and who are the big movers. I can honestly say that I I trusted BTS more than pretty much any other organization mm -hmm. of of that kind of comparable scale. When the scene was fractured into all these different competing circuits and all these different organizations. The, the one group who I always had a higher amount of trust in to successfully execute good ideas and, in effect, bring good things to the scene was BTS. And I say this as someone who's not, who, who's not particularly, like, like I, I would, like, I, the, the way I would put it is that I, I'm, I'm, I'm not someone with a personal relationship with BTS as, as a whole or a history of working with them. I'm just saying this as someone who, who knows how things happen in the scene on a, on a broad level. I thought that they, they essentially functioned as the um, as the closest thing I think that the, the Smash community had to a, to a blend of a grassroots organization and an actual community-wide marketing and sales team. And I think, 
I think the only other alternative to that really was Panda for a while. With uh, obviously they had to balance that with their obligations to Nintendo, and we we saw how how some of that turned out, which is which is not great. But I thought in terms of representing the community and representing the you know a certain vision of an independent Smash scene and what its sales and marketing and partnerships opportunities looked like, I think what BTS brought to the community um, it it really can't be overstated. I thought. It's impossible to imagine the last eight years of Smash without BTS. So mm -hmm. it goes beyond just Summit, right? It goes into the actual events that they went went to or, or offered their stream for to, um, to, to stream majors. It goes into the kind of open majors that they run between um, the main stage series, obviously, is one example. But one kind of event as controversial as it was at the time for a bit of silly reasons. I, I love the the willingness to think creatively and on their feet for a kind of event like the roast of, roast of Hugo Gonzalez. You know, really bringing content to events and making them a really fun spectacle to be a part of, as well as, you know, legitimate tournaments with, with a certain amount of prestige, right? And the thing with the, the, the contribution from BTS I really can't ever forget and the, the one I, I'll appreciate from them almost as much as Summit, frankly, was SEL. During the pandemic, BTS was the organization that put together, you know, this thing that resembled structure for the scene at a time when we really needed structure and when it, when it looked like our future was uncertain. And I, I just don't, I'll, I'll never forget what they did for the scene. And I think that it's... It's so difficult to imagine what the community will look like without BTS. I think, I, I don't want to get too doom and gloom. I, I think new things will pop up that we could have never predicted the same way that BTS popped up and we could have never predicted their scale of contributions. But I think uh, we're, we're in a really harsh new reality where multiple of our scene's most prominent organizations are out of the picture or gone now. And the latest casualty, I, I would argue, is frankly the, the biggest one out of them. So mm -hmm. it sucks. And um, it, it, it obviously sucks for Zane. It sucks for anyone that's worked adjacently to them. And I think it's just a tremendous loss for the community. And this isn't to say that we can't recover from it or that we can't enjoy new things in the future that are inspired by BTS. But it's just that the last eight years really felt like an era, and now that it it's um it feels bad that that era is ending, and I I think we have to be honest about that. Speaking of inspiration, there I, I think you're right. We we will see something pop up. This is you know the resiliency of the Smash community has been tested time and time and time again, uh, even if it feels like this is the worst that I have seen it. Um, I still have, have faith. But Zane, one thing I want to ask you is when you think of what is going to um, happen in Smash, right? You know, there's not going to be a one-to-one -one, uh, replacement, but there will be people who are going to try to be filling the void in some way possible. What takeaways from BTS do you think are most important? What aspects of their the creative um, direction or, or just anything that they brought to Smash, what do you think that is, is most important for anyone to take away from what BTS did? I think the number one thing is to not let yourself be satisfied with the current state of how things are. I think that people have been talking about this for a long time. 
Slime talks about this a lot. Uh, Mikey's been talking about it as BTS closes. What Mikey's been saying is stop letting us make your culture for you. Go out and make it yourself. Uh, and I think that that's really true and really valuable. And listen, I mean, this is basically just, you, you guys know the, the how JoJo likes to roast Melee streamers and just Melee content creators, quote-unquote, and top players make content in general because it all looks and functions exactly the same, and then people complain about it. You remember when we bullied Fiction into making an analysis video with production value, and it was really good? Um, because he was like, ah, no one wants to see my vision for, for this, and then he did it, and we were like, your vision's pretty cool, Shep. Down with it. Uh, all of the things that BTS did that... I think we've gotten used to the skits, the side events, the the bracket experimentation, etc. is just out of people going, okay, I want to have this idea. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to worry about like the types of content that people are already making. And I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Instead. So that's a really basic thing. Just like, you know, follow your heart. But, uh, but I, I think it's true that like, there's no reason why the current shape of the scene needs to be the shape you try to fit into and you can try and do whatever you want with that afterwards so if you have ideas go for it um and and don't worry about what's been done in melee before and smash before then the other thing is just you know when when the people who started bts moved into smash they were not natives to the smash community hotbid loves smash and has loved smash for a really really long time but It's not like he was going to locals. He wasn't from our community. And so I think what I would say from that is that, like, there's so much that you can do to learn about the community from the outside, but even when you're in it as well, if that makes sense. Um, There's so much, like, joy that we kind of get lost in because we're so inside of it. And so... I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this one. It's just that basically, like... You can always find a new perspective to enter the scene from. Try to enter it as if you've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And then imagine what you what's missing from it. It's okay to critique the scene and say, this is a, a hole. How do I fill it, right? Like, when I did... This is not a BTS thing. It's just a me personal thing. When I did my fucking interviews, when I was still doing that, I was like, well, Travis Gafford does this for LCS. No one does this for Melee. I'm not being super innovative here. I'm just like, this is a hole. How can I fill it? How can you plug in the gaps? And what are the gaps that you see that no one else does? And then how do you color outside the lines too, I guess? I don't know. I I think that people are so satisfied trying to do the same thing that we've had for so long, but just do it better. That's boring. We're on infinite infinite time now. Someone else is going to do that for you a lot of the time. So just come up with your own thing. One of the really beautiful things <clears throat> about Melee is that we are grassroots, right? I, I think that it's really um, important to actually think about what our grassroots is. Because we like to say, oh, we're super grassroots, right? You know, it's part of our history. But for a lot of people, it's actually not. <laughs> a lot of people who are in Melee... We have been this big forever. We were that big when people got into it. When I got into it, we were already at Evo, right? Um, I got into it like after Evo 2014, so two years into being uh, at like the biggest tournament of all time. Um, and, and yet, it's still like so. Um, 
link to our identity that we are this small grassroots thing, but without really actually operating as if that's the case. And and it really is the case. And I think that people should learn that, you know, uh, if we're going to go around and talk about that we are this type of grassroots thing, then we actually have to act like that. And one of the beautiful things about it is that you can get in. You can get into what you want. You know, we've seen content being made over the pandemic that kind of created this whole new set of, of uh, you know, uh, icons, I guess, uh, in, in the melee scene when we came back, right? You know, look at uh, where Walt is right now. He just got hired at Beast Coast to, to do content. Um, if you look at him before the pandemic, that is a completely different guy. Uh, and, he, and even like, you know, Fraser. Fraser has done uh, videos recently within the past, what, like six months that have really popped off. And now is content that people look forward to, people want to see. Um, I, I really think that the the lack of any sort of like larger corporation here uh, and, and infrastructure is not a bad thing. Um, you don't have to like apply to Panda or whatever in order to get content out there. You can just make it yourself. And, and that is the type of stuff that we will have to be doing going forward. So while the BTS information is sad and while I've had like literally the lamest bouts of sadness possible where I was like, I'll never see the Ontario airport again. I, I, I still have work. Fuck past Ontario. That. Fuck the that Ontario airport. That airport sucks. I have, but I had like this like really bittersweet moment where I was like, I'll never get that shitty subway again. <laughs> uh, while, while I do have the like lamest feelings of sadness possible, um, I think it's important in times like this to talk about what we could do to get past it. And Zane, I think you brought up great um, points and points that were exemplified in the event that we saw a couple weeks ago. Will, yes, 100%. You... I want yeah. to me? Yeah. me? Wills, you were at Bemi. You were at the Bemi. first in-person Bemi. And I I want to hear your thoughts on it. But before I before we, we pass it over to you, um, I just want to say I was blown away. I thought Bemi, the first Bemi was great. I thought Bemi um, in uh, 2022 was great. You know, these were online events, but they were super fun, right? The the melee was was really fun. It was like, oh who's who's gonna win? We saw what like Flash Billy Grand Finals last year. We saw some crazy upsets the year before in its first iteration, but nothing really prepared me for what we actually ended up seeing when uh when the first in person demi happened this past weekend or the last weekend. So Wills, what uh what's your history with Bemi, I know that this was in Georgia and you end up getting to commentate a lot of it, but was this, um, was this kind of a surprise that you reached out to? What, what, like, how did you get involved with Bemi? Um, I had been like supposed to do work, I think with Jade and then like on one of the online Bemis, I think it was the first one. I think we were going to do Jeopardy and I was going to be a contestant, but we couldn't really like, get it working that well. But um, I think I, I think I mostly got reached out to because I just like lived in Georgia. Like it was like very lucky for me that like it was just like oh I didn't need a plane ticket or anything. I just like got reached out to by Brandon and got to be there. Like I showed up like I think like four hours into the event. Like I I got off work and like <laughs> drove straight there. I think I lied and said I had a dentist appointment. Nice. But like the vibes when you walked in were immediately like so immaculate. Like it was it felt so much better than I could have expected it to to have Bemi live and just to be there surrounded by like all the best black players of like the current era. And it's like, this is what it's going to be about like the whole weekend. You're seeing people like, 
you see some black players you've never seen like on the west coast like i saw typhoon again which i really didn't know when i was going to see him again saw phil for the first time saw lowercase hero again it's just like you saw like everybody there it was like so cool that you got to be in like this one small space and you would look and you'd see somebody just like you it was mm -hmm. cool how exactly were the vibes different from a normal tournament would you say um i would say despite the venue it was i guess it was as close to the invitationals we could get like besides like being in a house like you had like the the four person like commentary um i guess mostly it was just like it like how little people you saw was like both a detriment and like a blessing like ah uh, like usually at majors you get caught up like with, like so many groups of friends like you're just like it's hard to see them all at a major usually if you like go around to them a lot and so it felt like you got to interact with someone like more times than average mm. you had to form like a deeper bond like i hung out with billy a lot that weekend let's go i got to tell prof that i really hope he stops playing league of legends really he, he actually it was so it was so messed up he <laughs> said uh he said i actually hit master right before i flew over I was like, oh, that's, that's messed up. He's like, I'm going to play some more when I get back. <laughs> it's too lost in the sauce. You're fighting the good fight. <laughs> yeah, I know. You got to see some sides of people you didn't expect. Uh, like the aforementioned, like Magic City crew. It was, it was very, it was very weird sometimes, but very awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good, that's a good blend. Weird and awesome. <laughs> It, it really just, it seemed like an event that, I mean, I had such a high, um, like, opinion on, on Brandon uh, and Connor and Jade, of course. So I went into this with, like, pretty high expectations. And it really just still blew my mind uh, just mm -hmm. how how good this event was, right? It was it was fully thought out. It, it was, I mean, great melee, of course. But every single aspect of it really did feel like it was... It was pushing the I don't know theme <laughs> theme so to speak I guess uh, um, but it was it was just uh, innovating basically what this would be right this was not um, just an invitational of players this didn't feel like that this felt like it was something more um, and Zane you know as someone who I know you've worked at Summit um, is that the worst uh, the way I could say that I know you've worked at Summit <laughs> Jesus sorry I know you're um, a boy. <laughs> uh how did you how did you view what they put on at Bemi? because obviously it is indebted to the idea of, of you know an invitational that didn't start at summit but was like no, definitely summit. um summit like created a standard for that but but how did you view what they did and, and its similarities and its differences between Bemi and summit well i don't even know if it's similarities and differences i just think that what was so admirable about it was that it was unabashedly about what it wanted to be about you know mm -hmm. brandon had a vision and it was like and everyone else who was involved with it had a vision and just didn't compromise on that and i just was so impressed by i mean the videos that they had going like you said just so much um effort put in to ensure that like this would reflect a celebration and and an, an opportunity for education uh a celebration of the black community of the black talent that we have in melee and that's what it felt like right i think that brandon just like calibrated the vibes perfectly the vibes were the vibes were on you know <laughs> um, i think is the best way to, to to put it and uh that's admirable because because i 
sometimes you can throw a really good tournament or have really good content pieces, but it's that's still not there. And that was the most important thing about this event, and that's what they, you know, tried to make happen, and I think they were fully successful. Uh, I didn't get to watch all of it. I was busy mm-hmm. over the weekend, but, like, what I did see, I was tuning in, and it was just... It was a celebration, and that's what it was meant to be, and I think that they, they achieved that so, so perfectly. You know, what, one thing that I think gets lost a little bit is... Um just how much Brandon puts into all this stuff. I know that that might not seem like a, like a mind-blowing thing to say after we just all watched Bemi, but it's the fact that he makes everything look so effortless, right? He, he does what? Rollback Rumble, he does Redemption Rumble, he does commentary, he does, he does all these things, that, and it really just seems like um, he is just doing it without a, uh, like a single bead of sweat. But really, yeah, I mean, you watch a product like this, and it just... It's so clearly, like you said, unabashedly um, just doing what it's supposed to be doing. The and... fact that there were the fact that there were international qualifiers that kind of went off like yeah. a hitch and all of those players were there and we got a showcase of so much black talent in the Melee community that doesn't usually get showcased. And it's not like the matches were blowouts either. Like people no. you have people from these regions you don't expect and they got to show what what they can do and like show up on the couch and play. It was just, I don't know. I I think that it was just even the simplest things like this player will have other players around their skill level, but I'm going to have players from like fucking four continents here is is (laughs) insane. That's so hard to make work. And and, well, what I think was really beautiful about it. And we're going to talk about the melee soon because the matches here, we're talking about how great the event was. That's not even like talking about how cool the matches were because the sets were, were so sick. But I, I think you're right, and it was talking about God. This is gonna be like not only the, the by far the whitest person in the show, but one of the whitest people in the community who's about to say this. Um, but it, it just like it showed the you know different experiences, um, and for for a lot of people that they're um, who consider themselves educated, you know, I think there's still a ton to learn from here. One of the one of the best parts about it was um, there were these like really long content pieces that if you were to have content pieces that were this long on like a summit would, would feel um, like they're overextending their welcome. But the, like what was happening here was so um, just like enveloping that, that I didn't mind that I wasn't watching melee for 30 minutes because what I was watching was like these really, really interesting interviews uh, where Brandon would get a group of like four different players and he would ask them a lot of questions, a lot of questions that I didn't necessarily here asked of players ever before but didn't really hear in general like um i, I we maybe we can we can go through and talk about some of the, the things that were said but i i heard him bring up um like uh like generational aspects uh, of race and identity and uh they were like really uh open and clear about this in, in, in like a candid manner that i don't see in other media that's about black culture during you know black history month uh which is just like really interesting that not only am i seeing something unique for melee but i'm seeing something unique for my life and maybe that's on me maybe i could be looking for content that does that um but but just like such an eye-opening experience and even as myself someone who tries to remain educated and everything i really just felt insane that i was seeing something that was just like so perfect for the moment um wills uh, did you, did you, I don't know if you were interviewed for anything like that, but, but, um, like, how did you 
interact with uh with the vibe that Brandon was going for there? Um, I don't. Yeah, I didn't do any of the roundtables or any of the interviews. Um, I think I only did like other con like other separate like live content. Hmm. But I, hmm, I interacted with it just normally. I don't know. I thought I was just myself. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like I did anything to mesh into like what Brandon wanted. Mm. Like I was just kind of there to be me. Like as you said, like unabashedly, really. And, and you I, were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I felt like it was like a very like seamless like fit into the tournament. Yeah. I think the great thing was is that yeah. I mean, uh, the way I'm talking about it is like uh very educational and it had that aspect to it but it was also fucking fun right like this was not a uh like a uh something where you like just it's not just pure learning it's not like you're in a college class right getting to see you on the mic one getting to see you on the mic was amazing but getting to see you shine so well and and mesh with taj and rodney and, and flambo and all the other people who are on the mic of course not even talking about like phil who's you know kills every event that he's been at um but it was just an event that yeah it felt like it was uh, able to have different vibes and, and they all meshed perfectly and it didn't, nothing like felt out of, out of order. Um, yeah. Just a, just an amazing event overall that I, I went into with high expectations and somehow got blown away. Um, and, and just, I, I know that in the wake of BTS, uh, we're going to go through a lot of sadness, but seeing an event that was just so unique um, and groundbreaking in some ways, really makes me it, it makes me have some faith that there will be paths forward here edwin i know you watched this and uh, this time you did not bet on every single set and quote yourself in a quote retweet um i appreciate you not making bemi in 2023 about yourself uh but but edwin definitely bought a purple lightsaber at disney and i think the people need to know about that. edwin did buy a purple lightsaber. Yeah, I thought, that was, thought that was out of pocket but go on <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were, what were you talking about? <laughs> you talked to me about how you you love this event, right? Am I yeah, where where else am I gonna what what other tournament am I gonna turn in? And in between matches, I'm gonna see a video of Angela Davis talking, right? Just it's it's just got such a unique place in the scene as far as like the you know what it's aiming to do, the kind of content that's on the on the on the screen, you know the the uniquely vulnerable insights that the players are giving, right? Like it's like, like these are. Like, like this, like it's the kind of event where I feel like players are able to talk pretty candidly in a way that you know maybe maybe people either don't take people don't think about or or they just take mm -hmm. for granted, right? And so, it's great because you come away just from the content pieces. I came away feeling like I knew Safoon me more um, than I do like players who I've seen at events for years, right? <laughs> it, it's it's crazy that um even Lunary uh, seeing Lunary interact yeah. with everyone. I didn't I didn't know what kind of guy he was. was Lunary's cool. Yeah. Lunary Lunary was awesome. As soon as Lunary came off the Killed plane, Jeopardy, right? Yeah, perfect vibes. Came to Waffle House like Lunary knew what America was about for a second. For a, <laughs> for a second. Dude, it's the Mars. Didn't, didn't see the didn't see the worst parts, but saw Waffle House and the European Marts love America. Part. Yeah. Lunary's Lunary's tweets about being trapped in America also were, <laughs> were entertaining me for the last week. The uh, it, it's it's like the nice yin to the yang of Europeans tweeting about America, which is Nikki saying that we don't have bread. 
I don't, I don't know what I'm talking discourse. But uh, yeah, Lunary, Lunary was an amazing um, just addition to everything. Uh, yeah, sorry, Edwin, go on. I know you were, you were talking about um, what this event, you know, how it, how it uh, exceeded your expectations. Well, I mean, I don't know how to say exceed it. I think it's just a fantastic event. Okay, so it didn't event, exceed right? your expectations. All right, I don't, I I don't know if there's like an expectation. <laughs> Why? That, that makes it sound like I had low, what? <laughs> That's such a weird way of putting it. And, anyways, yeah, I, I would say that I think that one of the cool things is you also get interesting combinations of players and you get you get like matches that you're not going to see all the time, right? Like Daryl versus Lunary. I didn't know how that would happen. I didn't know how that would uh, how that would turn out heading yeah. into the event. <laughs> the the like three minutes where it looked like Daryl was gonna beat Prof, I was <laughs> I was popping off. Hit one of the sickest combos com I've ever seen. Just... Yeah, Daryl Daryl is still so fucking good at this game. I mean, he never like stopped playing, but he kind of disappeared for a little bit, you know, and just oh my god, some of the shit that he was doing, even when he's losing, was so. Yeah, so, so, so this is one thing that, that I also thought was kind of interesting about the event, right? So um, I, th I think you get a lot of... You get smashers from not just different generations, but with but different relationships with the game, right? You have sure. someone who has been around the block and was pretty pretty well established as a top player when he was active, like Daryl, right? You have someone all the way from Europe, like Lunary, who was kind of like a big wild card heading heading into this event and had, had a bit of a reputation in his region, right? Coming over here and playing melee against someone, someone with a totally different relationship to the scene and different experiences in it, right? You get someone as well established as Shroomed coming, coming and playing at this event and, you know, and also, also just being a very entertaining presence for the tournament, also. But you know, like one one of the best players ever, right? His when Shroom designed an event, it's it's more exciting, right? You get a new you get a new age grinder like Salt, who, who she's become one of the scene's stars over the last couple of years. Definitely one one of the biggest rising stars of the pandemic generation of of top melee players. You have someone like Billy Bo Peep, who. How many times a year do you see Billy Bo Peep? He, he he was at this tournament, and he is one of the most exciting players to to watch at any event he enters. And it, it was great to see him at an offline tournament here and actually competing. And I hope we get to see more of Billy. I, I mostly just want to talk about Billy. Shots fired at Billy is a attendee, his spectator <laughs> status at Genesis. <laughs> I just want to see him in bracket. Hey, Billy, Billy, I don't want to. <laughs> Really, I'm just there to hang out with the boys. <laughs> I yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Is that like you you see all these people who have very different relationships with melee, uh, but they understand the importance of this event, and, and all of them made it out, and uh, we benefited from seeing everyone. Right? We saw Billy go off, almost win the event again, almost uh, you know did a did a two in a row repeat. Um, we saw. Like Flash, right? <laughs> Flash, person who we know is super good thanks to Riptide, but really don't get to see. Um, so seeing him was amazing. And then before the show, Zane was like, "Oh yeah, it's just kind of, kind of like prom going off, right?" And I'm thinking like, "No, it's it's." I mean, no, prom, it's not. No, no. I mean, but that was the standout to me. But prom, prom yeah. KJH with Ganondorf. Yeah. That's prom, insane. The prom two Saint set. If anyone has not seen any of the sets from this event and wants to catch up. I say watch Prom versus Tuesday. There are some other great sets here. I think like any set with Flash basically was super sick. 
uh, and you know Billy too. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's very helpful that some of the uh, sickest players that we have in the game all attended this. But set of the tournament for me might have been Tuesday Pro. Just an amazing performance uh, from both of those players there. But yeah, I mean, you got you got Prom here, Malachi, obviously, <laughs> someone who we know before, but showing up. And uh, Lunary, we already mentioned. Lunary is someone who didn't make top eight here, but still had some set wins, some good performances, and just like one of the wackiest parts that I have seen recently. You know, we had a, a preview episode where I told that to Junebug, but I was... Uh, not really able to verbalize how weird it was going to be. Yeah, Lunary's Marth is like, Lunary's Marth is is very strange. It it like drops would be guaranteed combos, and then we'll just and then he'll be like, oh, I think it's time for me to approaching dare. It's like, why are you doing this? Wait a minute. You said he was back turned a lot, right? As Mark. Yeah, his, his he's got like the opponent in shield, but then he turns his back to the opponent and does like a waveland off reverse up air or whatever. It's like, why are you doing this? You can just grab him. <laughs> but but I it's like it's sick, I guess. I like how much lunary is on the uh, PMI grind. The fact that he changed his tag to "It's okay if I lose" for the tournament. <laughs> Very, very That's good. been around for a minute. It's okay if I lose. It's okay if I lose as a set one over Frenzy from last year. Really? That's sick. That's sick. So it's it's been a minute. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I'm sure that will. So I, I don't know if you got to speak to him. But from, from what I saw from the stream is that it probably was okay if he lost because it looked like he was just thrilled to be there. Did you get to talk to Lunary or any other players who were kind of um, on the come up compared to some of the more established names? Um, I housed Lunary for the first night of his stay Let's here. Go. Like, That's uh, sick. we, we, Chandler got him from the airport and dropped him off. We like put his stuff in my trunk and he went like straight to the local and we didn't, it was like, it was like a fatter local than we'd ever expected. I think it was like 25 in like a small student center room and he kept going, can I play friendlies? And it's like, ah, oh, we actually need all of these for tournament, <laughs> like all of these. And he's like, kept looking at me with like these. He's puppy eyes because he clearly just wanted to play like everyone in the room. I think he's like, I got to play seven people, but I wanted to play all of them. And he's just like waiting because he's also far in the bracket too. So he just like has nothing to do. Like he's waiting to play melee. He's just like jittering. And he was, he was so thrilled to be there at all points. He was like, oh, I don't care if Panko goes. I don't care if Cobol goes. I just like have to go to the American local. <laughs> he just felt like the need to be there. I thought that was awesome to see. Is is Lunary going to be at a uh, at Collision? He is, right? No, Lunary. No. Uh, I don't know if there's Back anything planned for him. There, there's going to be a, a pretty significant, uh, you know, European presence at Collision. Yeah, I hopefully, a, I thought maybe he might be there. Damn, he. I wanted to. I wanted to meet him. He DM'd me at Genesis and oh. just like, your outfit goes hard. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's sick because I think you're pretty stylish from what I've seen of your outfit. So. That, that makes yeah. me happy. I, I hope for Collision going forward, just based on how this seems to have been a success uh, before the event started. You know, this was the first time they did it for Melee. I'm, I'm hoping that more international people focus on this because you're probably not going to find an event that's easier to get to. Oh, okay. Europeans. So here's here's my 2023-2024 prediction. Actually. Hit me. Compendiums are going to be a thing again. Okay, I want to see it because of Summit dying. Oof. There's not an outlet anymore to like support players, and someone needs to crack this. 
Because the problem is... The promise of some summit is like so much of a prestige thing on its own, right? But it's hard to want to support someone who like could just go 17th or 25th, right? Mm. So someone needs to crack. Comp the reason people don't do compendiums or care that much about them anymore is just because they weren't getting funded. People don't care that much about flying out their player. It's just like basically just to go fund me for the for the player's region unless they really advertise for it or something. So I actually think that we need to make compendiums more cutthroat. And do more like flight incentives, like do this and you win travel or something like that. But I think that certain types of like competition for travel or just travel incentives are going to make a comeback because with the dearth of summit, people are going to be looking for something to fill that. Yeah, um, I I think collision. Yeah, I guess we're kind of skipping ahead here. Collisions. No, no, no. Um, sorry, we don't have to. I'm just saying compendiums. Compendiums. Collision represents a, a like a fun little thing because yeah, they had a compendium. They had. Uh, they had Triff, they had Skullbra, they had Jarraiden. Um, and I guess I will hashtag add this is that I did work with Anchor to kind of figure out a list of players. Uh, I, I sent him kind of a longer See, list. The compendium's already, compendium's already coming back. That's what I'm saying. I sent him a longer list of players. I said, feel free to uh, pick whoever you want from this. But these are probably some people who I think fit the bill of players who you know, we'd be benefited from seeing. Um but before we get to that, let's talk about who we benefited from seeing at Bemi. Because Bemi, as we talked about, was a breakout for a lot of people. And it's it's hard to kind of narrow it down. Um, but is there any player that really, like, their their stock really rose for you just from Bemi alone? Edwin, I know that you already had high thoughts about a lot of these um, players before even going into event, exceeding your expectations, some may say. Uh <laughs> But was there was there a player who who kind of popped off for you and, and really made you take notice? Yeah, uh, I think this is going to be the obvious pick, but Salt. I, I thought she had a chance of winning this event, but I think for someone like her to beat Billy Bo Peep twice, I think is a really great sign for her development as a player. Uh, just based on following Salt's results and sort of her trajectory, uh, over the last year and a half. One thing that you'll notice a lot is, is her ability to punch above her um, her perceived, you know, skill level for, for whatever for whatever that's worth and taking a lot of top players close or even upsetting them outright. But a really consistent roadblock for Salt, um, even throughout you know, when she was top 50, was playing the, playing the really top-level spaces, which is going to sound surprising, right, considering... One of her breakout wins was beating IBDW online. But it, but if you looked at her records throughout the, the last year or so, players like Zuppy, Zamu, even Zealot for a little bit were actually pretty consistent roadblocks for her heading in heading into heading into events. And I thought that had, I thought for this one, I thought that Billy, who had actually beaten her at the at the last Bemi that they played at online, I thought I thought he was actually gonna be one of the toughest opponents that, that she could run into. So for her to beat him twice, I believe from losers, I thought was really impressive. And I, I think with, with players like Salt who are just on the cusp of like breaking out into that next level, like right underneath super major contention, usually they have these two or three roadblocks or these consistent things that pop up that they have to like slowly chip away at, right? While retaining everything else in their arsenal and all, all the rest of their strengths. So I think while on the surface it may not seem, and, and really it's not that crazy that Salt won given won the event given her trajectory, but to me it really confirmed a lot of uh, existing 
ideas that I had about her potential, but I but but nonetheless she actually did it right. It was it was not something that we thought could happen in the future. The fact that she actually did it, I think, is is certainly noteworthy. And I think if if you're a salt fan or a salt believer, I think it's a great step forward for her. Zane, I know you mentioned Prom. Was there uh, was? Do you think he's your pick, or is there someone else who kind of had your eye? I think it's got to be Prom, just because, like, I'm really bullish on a lot of players who are in this bracket already. I think Salt Mm -hmm. is amazing. I think she's going to continue skyrocketing up. And so, I I mean, we also didn't mention she beat two same, which is, like, Yes, that's a great one. Yeah, Yeah. which is great for her because she's had some troubles with SDJ in region. I know that this was something that kind of people went into not knowing if she'd be able to do that. And I think I think Two Saint was the otherwise erstwhile winner of the event, right? Like that's I think people expected them to really make a mm-hmm. run in this event. I think that they're the one who's really hitting at that top twenty, top thirty level consistently. Um, so the fact that that Salt beat Two Saint is great. Billy played amazing, but Billy like I'm not surprised because of how Billy did it the last Bemi, basically. <laughs> like that was my take notice moment. So for me, it's got to be prom because, like, I think Flash is amazing. Flash mm-hmm. beating Prof to me, like, totally, yeah, a hundred percent. That's not a, that that big a surprise. Beating the real thing, not that big a surprise. Um, but prom, just the fact that prom was able to beat KJH and then nearly beat Two Saint, that's the most like, whoa, didn't see that one coming. That that's just absolutely insane to me. I I still cannot believe that that happened so I, I think everyone else was like players who i know are really good and they played up to their potential and prom i'm sorry i was not familiar with your game and now I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm gonna piggyback off of that i know it's fun to kind of all pick our own things and uh i don't know i, I just gotta say yeah when going to this event i think prom's really good but um i thought fell in that kind of nebulous tier of just like oh this person's pretty good uh but looking at the events that the results from this event i'm really like feeling pretty confident in uh any tournament performances from there don't know how you do that with ganondorf (laughs) reading right now about being top 100 with any character fine whatever that discussion is exhausting to me but i'll just say i have run into certain top ganondorf players on netplay who perform very well recently and that character is so bad, so bad to the fact to the point that I, who am not very good, can beat said top Ganondorf players. So the fact that Prom is beating fucking KJH is just insane, just ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I, people might be trying to get a Ganondorf revolution going on, and I don't think it's happening. In fact, we uh, in the melee stats Discord, we we kind of thought about what the um, possible. DK versus Ganon crew battle would be, and it really just seems like everyone was like, the DK's sweep, the DK's probably don't even need to put in everyone. Uh, DK's the by himself. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, like, literally, I I think that the, you have to, like, take off Ringler or Da or something like that uh, to make it an, like, five versus five. I think, like, even, like, their alternates uh are, are just like so strong there's like but... four or five prom level players with that level of result in the dk squadron and then and and yeah really any... and, half and yet i watched this and i have to reconsider what a prom level player is because yeah prom, <laughs> prom showed out here in a way that i uh, i did not really expect i mean he uh 
he had that event, Xandu Legends Magi or whatever, which like did not feature Magi. Uh, one of the various the Xandu Legends events that did not feature the person who was in the title, where he like uh, I think he beat Jerry six one or or six two or something like that. Uh, so I know he's super good. But yeah, he yeah, had another I mean, one where he double eliminated Foxy Grandpa, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, dude, he's he's doing all these like uh, things that at a nice. really small wow. level. But getting to see him actually do it and getting to watch him, because I will admit I am not watching the Foxy Grandpa Prometheus sense. Uh, watching him do it, it, it really just seemed like he was doing a lot of stuff that... Uh, it's like, damn! Yeah, why don't cannons always do this? This character's not that bad. Um, and then you see anyone else play cannons. He's tricking you. Go, you're like, you, go, yeah. you go, yeah, this character sucks! It, it, it's, it's all Prometheus. None of it's Ganon. It's all... That's yeah, how it feels! It's, it's really so totally sick agree. to see him do it. What about you, Wills? Who uh, who came out of here a winner for you? Um, I feel like I'm always willing to like watch Flash validate his skill again because yeah, we see him fair. so little. Like I'm always willing to see it. It's like I thought he would cook prof when they played, but I'm like I need to make sure and I like watch the three O with my own eyes. I also feel good about Typhoon. Typhoon didn't yeah. do too well. Like lost to KGH, lowercase hero, but I'd never seen Typhoon play. And I was like, oh, I get why this person was on the ballot. Like, this person is, like, sick. Like, I was so yeah. happy, like, watching Typhoon's Marth, like, move around. And I was like, I, I feel like I can expect great things. I played like, Typhoon at Genesis last year, not this past year, but the year before, I think. And, yeah, Typhoon's good. Yeah, he, uh, I, I watched him at a main stage. He 3 won Eddie Mexico. And I was just like, damn, yeah, that that is no small feat. Uh, you know, usually when a Marth player... Uh, upsets a top 50-ish player, it's, it's not usually Luigi. So that definitely said something to me. Um, yeah, no, I think Typhoon Flash, great answers. Flash is someone who benefits not because we don't know he's good, everyone knows he's good, but just because getting to see more Flash footage is something that is always good for the Very world. Very sick. Very yeah. sick. Right. Like, we, we can watch the Riptide stuff from, from uh, 2021, but people might kind of forget how good he is, and then you just get more VODs, and you're just like, oh no, he's sick! Um, the, the combo that he, like, <laughs> it started at, like, the, uh, was it Dreamlet? I forgot. It started at the right, or the, yeah, the right side of the stage and ended on the left side of the stage, just, like, completely around the world. Um, amazing, amazing combo. Just, like, clips, just farming them on, uh, some of the best players out there. Like, the fact that that 3-0 with Prof did not seem particularly close, and that is someone who, uh, does very well versus Frenzy. <laughs> so... So definitely, you know, no small feat there. Um, but yeah, talking about uh, talking about the players here, talking about the event here, uh, I think that this is one of the coolest events that I've seen in recent memory. And when I watched it, I said that this is one of the more important events of the year. It's not um, like uh, it's not a major, right? It's not one of the biggest events of the year. It's, it doesn't matter to rankings as much as some other events will. But when I think about what I want to see in melee. And, and what, uh, you know, I think should continue to exist. I think a Bemi encapsulates that perfectly. Um, not having Bemi is uh, is something that I, like, I, I legitimately think that Melee is worse off not having Bemi than not having, you know, whatever, like Smash Con or something. X, X like, ma big major. Uh, because even as good as any of these majors are, the performance, like, the, the what they're able to give the community, uh, I don't think is as, as unique as what Bemi did. Um, but that being said, <laughs> let's talk about uh, let's talk about a major we've got coming up. So we've got the second big major of the year, and uh, kind of an unlikely candidate. After 
we did not have double down because uh, you know uh, recent troubles with VGBC. Uh, we have Collision, Collision twenty twenty three as our as our second major of the year. This is its first time doing melee, um, and it's going to be an interesting thing. I, I I'm going to be going there. I know Edwin's going there. Um, I think I, Zane, you're going right. So, uh, Wills, unfortunately, you are on the wait list. <laughs> this wait list that may or may not exist. I was on the wait list. Wait I list? made it in. There is a wait list. Um, to, like, play or just? To, to Yeah, to get, a, like, a singles pass, like, a, like a play, to play. You can, spe- oh. you can spectate, but you have I mean, to... I can't. I can't play, so. So, you might, so yeah, you're, you'll be there. Maybe. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll go tell them to transfer my pass to you. I, I think it's what? you going, Wills? Last second flights? No, uh, if, if plane if plane tickets are cheap enough, I think I can land that. Well, look, I'll, I'll see if I can get mine to, <laughs> mine to go to you because I realize I did not realize that all singles was on Saturday, and I will not be at the event on Saturday. So maybe there's some uh, waiting for game. Maybe, maybe maybe I will collide after all. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I, I, Everyone's colliding. I wish uh, I wish I had known that it would cap so fast because, like, usually when you have like the things like yeah. Smash Camp, they're just like they send out the one tweet. They're like, "You guys better be careful. We have like 50 spots left." Yeah. I didn't see it from Collision, and suddenly I was just like owned. Suddenly, like me and like most of my hotel room was just owned. Well, we're we're just generally people are not used to this idea of majors capping, right? We've we've gone through the special events, right? You you know when Smash Camp is around and you got to sign up uh, because the idea of that capping something we dealt with, but a, a major capping is is pretty new. Uh, we talked about it last week or last episode we had with Junebug. We talked about um, like collision capping. We talked about the uh, major upset was capped at the moment, and then they did up the cap and on the 128 entrance. And it's just this this interesting new little thing that we have to. Um, maybe anticipate with melee is that we can't do the normal smasher thing of wait till the last second uh, to to sign up for events. I don't I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting thing. And I know that this is a year where collision and major upset were not you know supposed to bear the weight of being our majors, our being our important majors. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, going to next year, it'll be interesting to see um, how these events are going to be handling this type of stuff. But. Uh, cap or not collision is looking to be uh, a pretty big nature you know you've got mm-hmm. you get a lot of the top talent here uh and, and even then you know what this is an event that talked about capping there's 300 some people here I believe there's like 40 top 100 players which is uh pretty insane depth for something of that size i mean what like royal really? flush really? right wow. isn't that kind of like <laughs> that's impressive I remember Royal Flesh having that type of depth, and I think that this might even have it beat. That's crazy. Uh, so we got a lot going there. Edwin, you're going to Collision. What are your What are your thoughts on this event? You know, this is kind of a going to be probably a lot of people's first time going to Collision. Um, so what are you What are you looking forward to here? What are your expectations? Yeah, I think this is just going to be a really stacked event. Right. That, that, let's just get that out of the way. I think when you when you have an event somewhere like the Northeast, which is one of the most deep regions ever, you're gonna see like pretty close matches between like seven seeds and two seeds of the pool, maybe even eight seeds versus one seeds. I think I think you're just gonna see a lot of competition. You're gonna see all the levels of play from 
just outside the PR, but able to take top 100 players randomly close. You're going to see hidden bosses. You're going to see top 100 players. You're going to see top 50 players. And I think one of the most remarkable things about this event is that it really features Sans Mango, just about every active player that you can imagine contending for a major, right? So, Sans Mango is my favorite Undertale character, but I was thinking the same. Got brain rot. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the amount of representation at the top is really interesting. I mean, just off the top of my head, you have Cody Schwab, you have J-Mook, you have Zane, you have uh, Leffen, you have Hungrybox coming here. You have Amsa. You have basically like, what seven of the seven of the top eight overall. Yeah, that's that's pretty damn good for a tournament in twenty twenty three. Like maybe it's not the like as far as just top level representation is concerned and the likelihood of having a stacked top eight. I mean, this top eight and the pound for pound is is about as good as it gets, really. So I'm I'm really excited for for day three, and I'm excited to see all the uh, all the rising. You know, from the grinders to the established top hundred players, I'm excited to see all of them take take the top level to the brink over the mm-hmm. other other two days of the event. Zane, what are you expecting from this? Because um, you know you are a, I guess you know you've been in tri-state long enough where I don't even have to add that you're in tri-state now. You just you are a, a tri-state Almost mainstay. Almost ten years. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you're a tri-state mainstay, and and this is not. The, you know, first big event that Tri-State's had, but it's one of the first, like, big majors that I can remember just feeling, like, just having the fingerprints of Tri-State on it as much as it does. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know if Apex feels that way, but not this for a just while. feels so fundamentally like a Tri-State major. Yeah, I agree. And it's cool that we're, like, coming together with the alt community also, since this mm-hmm. has been an alt major for so long, and now we're coming, or for, like, three years, right? The collision's been happening, I think. Um, Maybe more, but the fact that we're that it's like coming together is really cool and a good way to get around the fact that there hasn't been a, a major for a long time. I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm excited to hang with the homies. A lot of my friends who I go to NYC locals all the time with have like not ever had a tri-state major because they weren't around for Apex 2015. Yeah. Or that's it. That's the last time we had one, right? Like the other Apexes don't count. No, so Royal uh, Flush, yeah, Royal, 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 Royal Flush, Royal Flush even that they weren't around for. A lot of my friends started playing like right before or during pandemic, right? And yeah, so, that's how old we are. We're like, well, this 2017 major counts. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I just think that the NYC and the tri-state scene has transformed in such a good way in the past four to five years, and it's a scene that I am really happy to be a part of now. And so to finally have an event where that scene is going to get to show up and just enjoy it together is going to be really, really fun, really interesting. And it couldn't be a tri-state major without being in the middle of bumfuck nowhere in New Jersey. Like, that's, good. That, that's pretty classic. We'll just see if someone gets trapped in a blizzard this time. Parsippany? What is it? Where are we? Parsippany, Troy Hills. Let's go. Yeah, this is exactly what people are talking about, is that um, the, there might be a sustainable future in rethinking our idea of what a major is maybe no more fun excursions to the big city every weekend maybe we go to the persippany troy hills of the world maybe we go to boise i'm boise. saying we start a smash city you boise. know i said that land is cheap out in, in wyoming we get 
We can we can take over Cheyenne easily. Just a pure number. Well, that, like, like thirty minutes away. Jake is saying it's thirty minutes away. It's like an hour and forty-five minutes on public transit. No wonder yeah, the yeah. city has cars. It, it it seemed pretty hard to get to when we were looking up how to get there without a car. Like it seemed like it'd take a minute for us to. Oh, uh, speaking of which, there. Edwin, do you want to have salami on that episode soon to talk about cars? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, I I gotta say. I think, to his credit, after making a terrible tweet, I think he was a good sport about getting dunked on afterward. It was, it was, it was yeah. a pretty quick turnaround, <laughs> relatively speaking, I guess. I would not have handled it so well, but I also would not have made a tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have sowed it because I wouldn't have reaped. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Jack Zillow is probably going to get to him first. It's going to be four side fights, but everyone is against him. Um regardless <laughs> uh i one of the cool things that we're gonna see here yeah i mentioned what we're at like 40 40 some uh, uh top 100 players i don't know if anyone has dropped um since since i last took out but that is a incredibly stacked event and i think what undersells how stacked it is if you can even do so is how good the people who aren't on the top 100 who are going to be here are um like we have international talent because you know, even though Lunary is not going to be here, this is still an event that is near Newark, which is probably one of the best airports to fly into for an international people. Um, so we've got what? We've got Kingu, Okamita's here. Um, we already mentioned Skullbro and Ja Raiden. Um, Inky. Inky's another kind of hidden talent who's like um, possibly to possible to make a big upset here. Like the, the pure number of people who are not top 100 who have the ability to make it really far in this bracket is is huge, right? Like you're missing a lot of the names that will be at 8 Genesis or a Big House, and yet I have a hard time like convincing myself that this is that much less stacked than that. Am I am I wrong? Uh I think you're slightly wrong. I'm not saying this is a bona fide super major. But I, I think when you think about like a, a three hundred person event, this one goes way deeper than I think than pound for yes, I agree. Ride. But it's it's it is interesting, right, in that the top eight are almost all there. Mm-hmm. And then there's a few of the heavy hitters in the tier below that. And then there's a pretty big fall off, right? Like a lot of the the thirty range aren't there. It's interesting the people who you would typically expect to, yeah. to make those upsets. Like it's it's interesting. I'm looking at the seating right now, right? And it's interesting that we go from like Axe and Swift to like Crike is the next level below them. And Crike's amazing, right? But there's there's a tier of players that is a little bit not represented at this event, which is really interesting. The missing middle, as we call it. Yes. The Ralphs. <laughs> the Ralphs the Ralph. of the world. The exactly. Uh, well, how about this? You know, this is an event that is so um, bursting with talent at the lower levels, and even if it is missing that kind of you know chunk of people in the middle, uh, I still think we're probably going to see some some upsets here. Edwin, I know that you have an eye on some of these players. Is there anyone who sticks out to you as someone to look out for here? And, and we can we can go around with our picks, but we'll uh, we'll start with you, Mister Budding. Yeah, so we actually talked about him a little bit in the pre-show. I'm very interested to see how Rishi does at this event. Uh, Rishi, I, th- I think had a that's so BM. You just well, you just, I, I can I can you didn't so, bring him up by the way. Well, I, I can talk about his results a little bit because because I wrote about it earlier in the week. 
which is yep. which is kind of why I'm he's had good results recently. He's sleeper kind of returning to form. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting. He he won a nightclub over Toussaint to end last year. He had he had some uh, even though the the placement he had at the Ludwig Smash Invitational LCQ was not the placement was not that great. He still had a pretty strong performance by sets. He beat Mech. I think he lost to Lunar Dusk and someone else, but he grabbed another win on, over Albert. Okay, he had a he great Lunar Dusk and yeah. Okay. okay. Choked was... both his sets so fucking. Yeah, hard. I, I I do remember that. But he had a great apex where he took Zane to the brink and beat Franz, Nun, and B Bats. He he had a great Smash Con uh, run to top eight there. Also, he beat Magi and Zuppy. So I think Rishi is kind of he's in this very strange position where I saw the year end rank and I didn't think I didn't think his results were underrated by the ranking. But if you asked me to name a list to give a list of players based on how I think they'll perform in a tournament. Rishi, I don't think was really, I, I think it was not that far off from like top 25 to 30 or so in terms of the, having a similar skill range. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, uh, so it creates this weird dynamic where I don't think his rank was underrated, but I think the perception of Rishi is, is very underrated right now. <laughs> I agree. So, so I, I have some, some context to add to this because I fully agree. And I think there's a few other reasons that he's going to do well. So he's matched into Triff, right? If all goes according to seeding, if Rishi doesn't lose to Nut, which could very well happen. Rishi has had trouble with Sheiks in the past, so that could well happen. But if Rishi doesn't lose to Nut, and if Triff doesn't lose to Jukebox, they're seeded to play. And that has traditionally been one of Rishi's strongest matchups, but actually recently he's been having a little bit of trouble with it. Mm -hmm. But I know that him and Laud are practicing it for exactly this reason, and that he's going to be grinding it out so that he can take the hands to Triff, because obviously at his best, he looked like the the best or second best Marth in the world against Peach, right? With with all of the practice against Vlad Zane, the only one who holds a candle to it. And that's kind of just based on the skill disparity, maybe not even the matchup. So that's a really good potential road to winner's side top 32, if he manages to do that. At which point, he would play Kadoran if seating holds, and Rishi's like signature matchup at this point is the Marth Ditto. Yeah, I would he agree said that. that he took Zane to the brink. They both still think that that set that they played back at um, I always say Big House, but it wasn't Big House, right? Was it Big House? They've had a like, they've had a lot of really good ones. The, this, big house the one Zane the, Rishi set, yeah, you know the, the one. That was, uh, that was Big House, right? It was Big House. They always say that that they changed Marth Dittos and like no one's ever gotten to that point afterwards since then. Um, and it's kind of true. I mean, they're both really really good at matchup and so i think zane or rishi kadoran would be interesting but the biggest piece of info i have for why rishi is going to do well and why he's been doing well again recently is that rishi switched to z jump and because rishi switched to z jump he can't play fox anymore and this is the <laughs> biggest biggest like positive trend indicator for rishi doing well because Rishi would always used to get bored of being good at melee and good at Marth and just play Fox for a month. And his Fox was not good. I would beat his Fox. Like, just straight up beat it. Not even the, like, oh, Ganondorf. Like, I would just beat his Fox. And then it was like, what are you doing? Why? You can't. You don't have a punish game against Spaceys. Why are you playing Spaceys right now? So the fact that he is barred from playing Fox and wasting his time is huge. Huge. He told me this at dinner the other day. Um, and then other than that, if he does fall to trip, he's seated into Magi, and Rishi has always struggled with spaces, but it's 
disproportionately Fox over Falco. He's much, yeah, much better against Falco than he is against Fox. He beat uh, Albert, like we said, at at uh, Ludwig. Ludwig Smash Invitational, and he beat none at Apex. So Mateo is probably shouldn't, I mean, as we expect, it shouldn't be that much of a problem. The fact that Rishi does not have a strong high-level Fox in his path is the best thing that could that could happen to him. Nut is the matchup he really has to be worried about, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, maybe we're all uh, picking the same uh, type of matchups here to look out for, because I am looking at the bracket, and the one that really sticks out to me is uh, Foxy Grandpa. So I, I know that you mentioned... Ooh. You mentioned, uh, you know, Kador and possibly being a good player for Rishi to have in his oh, path. Foxy is I don't know if Kadoran makes it there. Oh, wow. Foxy's scary. <laughs> oh, and because... Foxy is insane at that matchup. Yeah. yeah it's a really... Foxy is, that is that's just... a brutal draw, <laughs> for, <laughs> like for I, that I, early. I know that we all um, know how good Aklo is, but... Remember the days where Foxy was the one and Aklo oh, yeah. was just like the younger brother who it's like, uh -huh. yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of good, but he's not as good as his brother. Um, obviously, we've, we've seen results that kind of show that Aklo is uh, is pretty cracked, but that's not to say that, that his brother really fell off. He just didn't. He was attending stuff kind of just as Aklo's coach. He wasn't really uh, entering, but whatever he did was always really, really good. That's a um, really good shout out. I also think Foxy... And like that, that could lead right there um, to the winner, Mateo Calvar, which I think is a pretty good draw. For Calvar. I, I, mean, I, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't really All right, know. I, I understand what you're saying for Foxy, but Calvar is really good against Falcon. I actually think that that's an interesting matchup. Well, I mean, hey, if Calvar can make it to that, if Foxy plays Calvar for winner's top 32, I think that that, that is a good draw for Foxy. Yes, I would agree so. with that, 100%. <laughs> so he's he's definitely got a good path right there. And, uh, you know, I don't know how far necessarily he makes it, because after that is like, um, God, after that would be Triff or Rishi, which <laughs> actually, it's all coming together. Maybe, maybe he's just going to run the whole gamut. But, um, yeah, he is a player who I think has been pretty continually underrated. Um uh, and it's really just because he has not been attended. I, I believe. Oh God, Zane, was it? Uh, was it Omega? Omega two or Omega three? Didn't Shrift and Fox? Yeah, they had. Like they a... went to game five. It was really. Yeah, close. they did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 They had, yeah. Like yeah. an insane set there. Yeah. So, I I don't know the the Foxy's bracket right now seems like it was rigged basically. Like I don't yeah. know if you could make a, a bracket that looks better for Foxy. So I'm going to have to pick him, not to say that um, I think Rishi's a great pick. Rishi's someone who, like, I looked at his results last year, and I was like, is he better than he was when he was playing all the time? Uh, and I did not get rid of Defend Advance here on that, which is kind of telling us to how good he is right now. Um, and I know that, like, you know, uh, Ken has been hyping up Inky, and I think Inky has an interesting bracket and ability to go far. And, uh, you know, like, Kingu has been, been probably kind of hyping up himself. Uh, but in terms of people who I, I look at to make a big run here, yeah, I think Fox is my pick. Wills, what about you? Have you seen anyone uh, in bracket who kind of um, seems like they might have the ability to make a big run here, kind of uh, exceed expectations? Um, 
I think much no one's surprised this will be like one of the easiest lod runs of the century to like third place. Yeah, yep. Easiest easiest lod run ever. It's just uh Paladin, shout out to Memphis. Uh then he plays Lunar Dusk, then Moki and Lunar then... Dusk's what, like Sheik? Three week old Sheik Lunar, or something. Lunar, Lunar, Lunar Dusk secondary that is not puff, but he's well, gone through it. Yeah. It... <laughs> Lunar's crisis character of, of sorts, but Lod will farm Moki, make the victorious win over Amsa after, lose the Zane like just disastrous in winter semis, and then thirty. I think I think Lod could beat. I think Lod could beat Zane. Lod, I, I don't. I don't know Lod, if Zane wins that free. Lod, Lod could. Lod could beat Zane, but I won't count out my. My number one champion right now. I'll, I'll have enough faith in Zane to like hold it down because <laughs> I just like need that for my narrative. I need Zane to like You're tighten right. up a little bit. We'll see. Uh, I, right. I feel you. I feel you. But I think that Zane has not been tested by a peach in a while, and Lod also doesn't play like any other peach. And maybe that's a good thing because he just needs to remember how Lod plays. But uh, that that could be very interesting. Yeah, I remember heading into the summit set, the, just the way that Lod was trending, and also just watching him play. Also, I remember thinking to myself, you know, the idea of the idea of Lod winning a smaller major, it's not that crazy, right? You keep, like oh, around that time, yeah, no. around that time, watched, like a yeah, like, like a just... duck at Pat's house moment, right? Like, yeah, I don't was... know. Do you guys remember Smash Con where it looked like he could have won? <laughs> yeah, there was a definite yeah. path there. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. Like, ah, I guess Lod is up four stocks too uh, against Mango on Yoshi's game five. I guess Lod's going to be in winner's side of Grands. Wow. Oh, maybe Lod. Okay. Win- <laughs> Listen, now that we're on the peaches and talking about Amsa too, there there's a chance that Wally, Wally has an, for the last tournament ever with no stakes left. Can you imagine how powerful Wally will be? I need how to see one win. stock first. I need, I need to see the first stock, how that turns it, out. It, it, no, it, he, it. he has to beat KJH first, but that seems very that seems very even, honestly, in my mind. And then Wally into Amsa, it could happen. It could happen. Wait, what's your saying about Polish Wally? Has, Polish has an interesting bracket. I've said a lot about Wally. But what I said before, which now rings, I don't know, true, but also maybe, maybe it's not the uh, most the best thing to say at the moment now that he's retired is that I was like, he just, I need to tell him if, you know, he's not going to play for himself, but he has to play for me. Like he needs a reason to play because you've seen those sets where like he, he is on uh, like at his top form Zane, obviously, but like that kind of uh, like the whole tournament there, didn't he, he beat Scurzo. He beat, he like three O's up or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the Zuppy set was at Riptide or something. Um, but uh yeah, he's had like so such incredibly insane performances, and such incredibly uh, insane performances the other way. Uh, yeah, no, I just I want to go up to him and I want to say, look, you don't need to win this for yourself, but win this for me. Like he's gonna look up to the clouds after going down one stock and just see like my face in the clouds, like uh, like a Mufasa or something like that. Now, I'm not sure if that's what you were thinking of, but I have that's said exactly that about Wally. No, I just think that Wally, with no stakes anymore and no value placed on this, is a danger. No pressure. He, he 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 keeps telling me about how he's like beating people on Netplay who are good now. I'm not surprised. 
Yeah, because he just doesn't care anymore, and I think that, that says a lot. And I also think that I think all of the Peach Mains have really interesting brackets. I, Weed and I had a conversation last year at the beginning of last year when Polish was ranked number ten about like, are they ten yeah. because they're the tenth best, or are they ten because they keep beating Hbox and that et cetera, et cetera, you know, trickles down. And I think that yes, obviously, it was because of beating beating Hbox. Polish's stock has fallen since then, but I am a big Polish believer. I'm a really big Polish believer that yeah. when they were playing that well, they were playing at a potential top 10 caliber level. And from what they've been tweeting about their mentality, they seem like they're in a really, really good space right now. All of their bracket, whether they win or lose, is super doable matchups. Axe, Crudo, Bats. The one thing is that if they beat Crudo, they probably play Cody, and that does seem pretty hard. But they've done it. They've done it. And it's if possible. they if they take Crudo's spot, then they probably end up playing J Flex or Grab or someone, which I think is is pretty easy for them. Oh, right? Grab's so. done it. <laughs> hmm? Grab's done it. <laughs> Has Grab been Polish? The dichotomy yeah, yeah. of Peach okay. right. Mains out there oh, is that right. it's like, hey, Cody might be pretty hard. Well, they've beaten Cody. Well, Grab might be pretty easy. Actually, they've Actually, they lost. <laughs> but but that's the thing. Polish, I think, is one of the I think they have the biggest standard deviation between like the heart they're the hardest to pin down within that range of pretty much any player in like the top 25 right now because if polish if polish made a run to to fourth or fifth at this tournament and was in contention for top 10 again i don't think any of us would like be super surprised dude they could do it with fox entirely they could do it entirely fox and i'd believe it i'd be like all right right like we would all be like yeah totally and it's not in the vein of like oh dewan made ninth or seventh because dewan's just goaded at the game you know whatever it's like polish definitely slumped polish got 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 artificially inflated because of how good they are against puff and how they exploited hbox and then they were also playing the best melee of their life, and then they slumped. And we have seen both of those extremes, and it's still hard to see where their actual skill lies. But I personally believe that it's probably in the higher end. Like, I think yeah. that this is yeah, where it absolutely. is, and they just need to have it click, and they're going to make that research. Polish is interesting, because I, I you know... The Hbox wins in 2021 definitely catapulted them to a level that maybe, like, uh, I don't know, maybe the rest of the results weren't showing. But honestly, I, they had really good results otherwise, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Look at look at the 2021 results. They, like, whooped a lot. It was like, mm-hmm. for some reason, they played every week. Uh, I know that they're in the same region, but they played, like, one set last year. They played, like, nine sets in, in 2021 where, like, no one was even playing because of COVID. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they had, like, a really good record versus Laud, who was definitely no slash at the time. Um, yeah, they're... I, did they, I know they beat Omset Pound. I'm trying to remember if they were one of the people who beat Omset Special Tour or if that was just every other Peach because that's what I remember happening at Special Tour Finals. But, no, they're, they're so... Um, so insanely good and yeah there is like definitely a a slump but uh i i think that you're right there there is a very positive positive mental game in terms of the video game uh i don't know what's going on with the rest because i've definitely seen tweets that uh talked about is anyone else up dealing with the horrors and uh their profile picture is a skeleton smoking a cigarette so I don't know what's going on in, in terms of actual mental health, but 
I think you're right. Good, good mental game for Smash. Which they, is they, what we're yeah, about here. yeah. Who knows? Who knows about overall mental health? But <laughs> in but fact, usually like, if your mental health is bad, you end up you're being, being pretty, pretty good, good at melee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I think they're going to be super sick to watch because when when they had their original bracket path at Genesis before they had to get their um, bracket changed because they only were coming in on like Friday or something. Like they came in on Friday or came. I don't know. Um, but uh, the original bracket path was like playing Moki and to playing H Pox. And I was like, <laughs> I can see it. I know it sounds man. crazy. There is a world. Uh, so yeah, whatever whatever happens here with Polish, be it uh, getting you know destroyed by by like whatever hidden boss, hidden New Jersey boss they probably have to play in round two, or uh, making just an, an incredible run beating people with Peach and Fox. I would not be surprised. That is just kind of how it's been going with them recently. And Polish, Polish, the one person who made a tweet like about BTS closing, like, oh man, I dreamed of getting into Summit one day. Everyone else who did that, you're cringe. But Polish, <laughs> for, for tweeting that, I would have liked to see Polish at Summit. Let's bring it back. Do one more go around, just for Polish. One more. <laughs> um. So we, we, who do we have? We had, uh, Wills, who was, I'm sorry, who was your pick for, for, uh, standout? For oh, my pick was just Lod. It wasn't anything crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's also Shabo, though. Yeah. Mr. 101. Oh, what's Shabo's bracket like? Shabo's bracket isn't like anything crazy, but it has Axe in it. And Axe is going to play Young Link. Oh, so Axe think... is playing Young Link? Well, probably. It's like, you know how the Axe tweets go. It's like, I I'm kind of feeling it. I'm kind of not. So I'm just going to bank on the worst case scenario, which means Axe loses to J-Flex, playing Young Link. Shabo beats Error and JoJo, goes through Axe's Young Link. The first low tier I think he'll ever beat. And then somehow makes the run past Grab, past Crudo in the top 16. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, this pool is so, is so fucking stupid. Yeah, the four, the four pool is crazy. The fact that... No, I'm looking at the, the the round one pool. Oh, in which Bmock and Tazio play round two winners, and then Tazio plays Shabo to make it out in winner's side, which is insane. Bmock's gotten like fifth in a nightclub before. Why is he I not seated you. to make it out of this? <laughs> I told. I sounded insane when I said that this was not that much less stacked than Big House. Why? Why is Bmock not suited to make it out of this pool? But Tazio Shabo, that's that is a real upset that could happen. That no. is, that is, that <laughs> is Wills, let me. I, I love your idea about Axe here. Axe is young, like. Let me raise you one. Uh, J Flex loses to Jaraiden. Jaraiden. Jaraiden fucking destroy J Cam at Smash World Tour. And I know that J Cam is different than than J Flex, but uh, I. I, I don't know. I think okay. he does it. I think even even like you know maybe J Flex plays Hoborg or whatever. I don't really know what his uh, Luigi practices, but I think that Jaraiden comes in with a with a whole new vibe, and fucks him up. He comes in. Mm. He plays the winner of Hoborg versus Axe's Young Link, which for this we will say that Hoborg does it, and we get to see <laughs> the fucking weird ass Luigi Ditto, which I say he makes it out of, uh, and then Jaraiden from there. Ends up playing. Oh God, he plays left, but never mind. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, 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 continue, continue the dream from losers. Continue. 
<laughs> literally losers, any then other. They, then, then they play. Then they play Polish. Polish. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Polish is decided or, to go or It's either Polish or Crudo. It could okay, be dream, Dream's dead. <laughs> yeah, but the dream did exist for a time there. <laughs> we we suddenly woke up. We we looked yeah, left think, in the eyes. <laughs> I think Leffen is the worst possible. <laughs> hey, like, I'm gonna make it a... just insane that Polish is, from what I can tell, the seventeenth seed at this event. You're telling me that that Polish is not one of the top 16 players at this tournament? I just can't wrap my head around that. That's insane. They're so good. I think they'll prove everyone wrong. I'm expecting to see it. <laughs> well, talking you know, talk about the high seeds here, how about we, we switch gears? Let's talk about who we think is going to win this tournament. Because what we have here, we talked about, what, seven of the top ten, did we say? We've got Lod here. He's not technically a top ten I, I think it's I think it's... N- Eight or nine of the top ten. It's just seven of the top eight, right? Well, there's it's, no it's, slug. There's no plup and no, no plup, slug. no mango, right? Yeah. So, so six so it's, of the top eight then. Okay. Six of the top eight, seven of the top ten. Was okay. Oh, was Kadoran eleven? No, Kadoran's ten, isn't he? No, Kadoran was what twelve. Lot oh, eleven, Kadoran twelve. Oh, oh, that's Lot eleven, Axe ten, Slug nine. ten. Yeah. Polish twenty-three. Axe, Axe is young link number fifty-seven. <laughs> possibly um let's yeah we're getting into too much of the numbers um let's who's gonna yeah, win let's, <laughs> just get right out and say it right Zane? who's gonna win so we've got a we've got an event here that has like what have you guys seen an event that feels this open recently and the answer might be yes because genesis built for he opened as well uh which might just mean we're in an era of melee where I, I'm not sure who's going to win, which is an amazing thing. Uh, we said that so much about last year, about how it felt so open, and somehow we are approaching a year where 2023 is looking even more open than that. Um, so, yeah, I guess I just have to come out and ask it. Edwin, I know that you probably answered this in your Monday Morning Marth article, but uh, why don't you say it to the illiterate people in the world who haven't read that? And um, who who's your pick to, to win the entire thing? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I I went with Cody Schwab. I think I think it's a tough call. You just call him Cody, by the way. I I just felt uh, it was important <laughs> for the official pick to say Cody Schwab. But yeah, I I think I'm going with him. All the top seeds have the pros and cons. Um, I think that the thing with Cody that gives me a little pause is that historically, and when I say historically, I just mean over the last year. The Fox Nido has been kind of weak for him, and all three of the Foxes that were beating him a lot are here, right? So Leffen is here, Moki's here, and Aklo is here. I think uh, I don't think it's a guarantee that he beats them, to to put it as kindly as, as I can. And I think uh, I think the fact that all three of them are here is especially difficult because it makes it likely that he'll run into one of them, if not in winners, then maybe losers. But I think he's pretty good everywhere else. And as far as all the other top seeds go, I don't really know if the... I I think they also have their downsides. And the nice thing with Cody is that the the people that you typically see late in bracket are some combination... Some, like, three of the following four. Zane, Hungrybox, Amsa, and Jemu, right? And I think, as of right now, the worst draw out of all of them is probably Jemu. 
But I think long-term, that's pretty back and forth. Like, J-Mook's kind of had his number lately, but Cody had his number before that. And then, and like, before that, J-Mook had beaten him at Genesis. So I don't think that's too bad. I think it's a really good thing for your chances of winning a major if you're consistently beating Zane, Hungrybox, and Omsa. You, you can't ask for that much more. Beyond that, the fact there's no Mango here certainly helps Cody as well. So, you know, it's close between the top seeds, but I'm going to go with him. I think that is a great pick. He um, he's just an easy pick, isn't he? He's so so fucking good, and it just really seems hard to find a matchup that he seems very bad at, and the one that like takes the place of that, which is Mango, um, is not going to happen here. So I think he's a great pick. <sighs> I I'm gonna have to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I've just got something inside of me that that's saying that we are going to see a repeat here. I'm sorry if I'm taking this from anyone who wanted to predict the same. Uh. <laughs> but I think J-Mook's going to take this one. J-Mook is someone who we have seen time and time again just how poised he is, right? That was one of the big things about his uh, his big breakout of Genesis was that he seems like a guy who has been there before, um, which is like so insane to watch that and think that that's basically his first super major. Um, we've got a little bit of a homecoming here after his uh, first super major win at Genesis last month or got two months ago. So I, I think we're going to see it because the performances that we saw him do there, the, that we saw him do at the golden gauntlet where he played Cody just seemed like the chillest man alive. Someone who's like, like was able to operate at like zero BPM heartbeat somehow, because like he, he seemed like nothing phased him. And this isn't a, a, like, a, it's a bit of a weird bracket where he ends up being the fourth seed, which, um, you know, I don't know, Melee's crazy right now. I guess you can uh, seed anyone in any order. But uh, it ends up meaning that he is probably going to avoid uh, HBox in winners for, like, the time being. Uh, and, any, and everyone else, I think that he is probably favored against. It, it's tough to look at, like, any of these really, really good foxes and say that they're going to lose to a Sheik. Uh, even a Sheik as good as Jamuk, but the way that he's been looking recently makes me look at his matchups and say, like, yeah, Leffen is someone who I think he's favored against, and if he makes it past the Leffen, I think that Cody is someone who, that is going to be an interesting thing, right? Cody is someone who um, has shown to not really be stuck in any particular rut other than the Mango loss, so I, I expect him to come back from these uh, these recent Jamuk losses with some more stuff, but I don't know. I got something inside of me that says that J-Mook is going to do it. We're going to end up seeing him versus uh, maybe Amsa, maybe Zane in, in winner's finals. And I think that those matchups are really good. If he's able to get to a point of bracket where H-Box is likely to not be, then I don't know why there's any reason why I would be saying that J-Mook couldn't win this one. So he'll be my pick. And presumably it was Will's picks as well. Picks as well. Uh, Will's. Are you going to continue on with J-Mook, or are you going to... No, no. Uh, oh, J-Mook was my pick for sure. Like, I did think it was kind of like the most cakewalk his bracket could get. Just two Foxes. H-Box is eliminated by Cody. Which is insane, by the way, that we are being like, yeah, it's easy. It's just Foxes. Yeah, the fact that yeah. calling it a cakewalk is... It's cakewalk. It's just Cody. Look, look, there's no other chic you talk about like this, though. That's like a real recognizes real. True. I've never seen a Sheik delete a fox like that, but um, I can spin a new narrative here, and <laughs> uh, I think I think I think Leffen makes the run. I think Leffen loses to Jamu and takes like the fire run. We see Leffen like 
this is con this is contradictory to what I said earlier, so we're just gonna have to roll <laughs> with it. But Leffen beats Lob this time, okay? In nice. this timeline. Then Leffen Sheik's Kadoran, Sheik Zane, and then provided Leffen doesn't feel like just throwing it away, he'll play the Cody that has eliminated H Box. Yes. Because I can't I can't I can't like watch him do what he did to H Box in Genesis and just like camp himself to death. But this is it. This is this is the Leffen run. And then he plays Amsa in Losers Finals. And he'll play J Mook and Grands and promptly like bow the knee. Nice. Yeah. Always fun to see someone winning through losers, and uh, if it's Leffen, yeah, those are, those are always good wins. Always a good time when when he ends up pulling the one or two out a year. So getting it early and establishing himself right before he gets lost to Street Fighter Six would be very cool. What about you, Zane? What are you feeling? Uh, I just want to say, Wills, you had me until until you said uh, losers run. Leffen has <laughs> literally never made a loser. So if I just said Leffen for winners, we were good. Yeah, we were good. If you said he just beats <laughs> J Mook and then he beats Cody, <laughs> then we're fine. Just hey man, there's a lot of people who have not made losers runs. I think about, I think from Zane? when we did the, that, that's actually not true. That's actually not true. <laughs> What's Zane's biggest losers run? Zane's biggest losers run. It's not that big. It's like maybe three sets. But Leffen has literally not never even had one of those. What tournament did Zane win from? Well, losers? you're saying to win the tournament, right? Yeah, to win the tournament. Okay, to win the yeah, I don't think he's ever done it. To win the tournament, uh, I don't know. It, I had this from from uh, from when we did the mango video at PG Stats, and I'm literally trying to pull it up right now, but I don't have the original data anymore. So, uh, damn, I, I'm, PG I'm having deleted it. The, the closest for Zane is probably for Loco Fight Night, right? Like for for long losers because he lost to Johnny early uh it might be that i i'm yeah, trying to look it up right now but i remember when we did this and i don't think it's like just mango that... and hbox for the panda really has ones. locked you out of the data oh oh oh, oh wait, wait 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 <clears throat> a to z here we go uh it was for loco fight night yeah that was the only one and it's five sets in losers that he did yeah, okay on uh where where was that tournament held by the way <laughs> Just like trying to remember what city that was yeah uh wherever they brew the four loco uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but yes, he's also no, no, notorious. But Leffen has won. Leffen has won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's won nine majors, all from winners. He's never even won with a grands reset, like lose and then reset in grands to win a major. When no, I, I made just... when I made this video, that no. might I don't think he's won a major since then, though, right? Wills, so... you are you are predicting that uh, this one breaks the the narrative. He, he only ever makes winners. Run. It's so I, so weird. I like to think that my my prophecies are revolutionary. True. I was I was waiting for Leffen to manifest for me. I will say Leffen has a tendency to kind of like randomly dominate everyone when you least expect it, and then when yeah, you think I that, agree, yeah, and then fuck he, up a lot when yeah, you expect it. Yeah, to, it's to, it's to like really he's, well. it's like he's got the perfect path, and then he has the perfect opponent he needs to play, and then he just kind of decides midway through a set against Hbox that. Like he doesn't feel like playing anymore, <laughs> and it's and it's usually in a way that's like, yeah, this doesn't change my opinion on Leffen versus Hungrybox long term. He just, uh, yeah, just decided that he didn't want to play melee anymore. He just, just short circuited a bit. Yeah, we we all we all remember Battle of BC where he just was like, oh, yeah, I, just... I'm the best in the world. Boom. So there you go. 
Um, we'll see it once a year. Whether or not this is yeah. the one, we'll have to find out. Leffen always takes one. I was I was also gonna just say Leffen wins it from winners, but then I thought about Jamuk and how good he is, and and I I don't know. Honestly, when you first asked it, we I just went. I think it's about time for an H-Box win. And then I remembered that he's going to be grinding for Alt Summit, and I know. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't... <laughs> I do not. Yeah. I, I think maybe not. Um, we, we talked about it on our episode with June, our last episode, and I was like, okay, well, H-Box just lost Ghidorah. What does that mean? And I was like, here's what it means. It means that he knew that Alt Summit was way bigger than whatever rinky-dink level-up expo tournament he was at. Um, so yeah, it might might be a second until we see the actual H God come out. But uh, so so listen, talking about if least I'm, expected. If I'm thinking about it, yeah, Jmook or Cody, I think are the safe picks, and I would go Jmook. I would go Jmook just because I do think that there's something up in that matchup that Cody hasn't figured out yet, and until he proves to me that he can do it at the highest level, again, like he yeah he won their last three sets before the the exhibition and at Genesis. But until he proves that, I I also think Jmook is the least he's the most immune to a bad day of anyone except for Amsa. I think Amsa is also pretty immune to a bad day, honestly. Yeah. Um but but Jmook doesn't Genesis notwithstanding. Yeah, yeah. But Jmook just doesn't play bad, right? Or hasn't in a while. And when he loses, it's because, like, he gets edged out, and it's like, okay, he's going to get that one next time, probably, right? I remember when everyone was telling me he was just never going to beat HBox, and I was like, he's going to. He is. I know he keeps losing, but he is going to. So I think that he's the one who is going to survive the cold weather and just be like, whatever, I don't fucking care, and just win. But, but, because HBox is going to be playing ultimate and i think we'll be at a lower skill level i'm gonna say that zane is going to win mm. because mm. he is not going to need to think about that matchup at all and instead he can focus on Amsa. and i still believe that if zane i'm a big believer that a lot of the people who did well against Amsa in the past and lost to him last year are going to start seeing success against him. especially the non-spacey I think that they are going to continue to learn and push the matchup. And I think that they will start doing well now that he is on their radar. I don't really ascribe to the whole, like, oh, everyone gets more Yoshi practice because he's in North America thing. I think it's literally just that he had to come onto everyone's radar. He made such a huge ascendance at the last half of 2022. I think it took a while for everyone to be like, oh, it's, it's Amsa now? That's the matchup I have to prep for is Yoshi. Like, I really have to prep for that one now to win the tournament. And that's just how it is now. And people are going to get used to that. And then, uh, yeah, I don't really know how Zane beats Jmook, but I'm going to say that Zane beats Jmook and he wins. Sure, why not? He, yeah, he it's possible. not that crazy. They went back and forth. Like, yeah, yeah, they went back and forth. So I think, I think that not having to do the mental struggle against HBox, and yeah, sure, sometimes Zane just 3-0s him anyways. But when he 3-0s him, it's so much more time to focus on other stuff. And I think that Omsa Zane is going to go Zane's way this time. If they can. 
Yeah, I, th- I think if you're going to pick someone to overcome an obstacle, I mean, we've we've seen this with Zayn before, right? Where he's had these long, where he's had these struggles against people. Like he really, like more, maybe more than any other player, when Zayn's presented with a problem, he like dedicates himself to figuring Solved it out it. and being like, 100%. I cannot be taken taken for granted in this matchup at, anymore. Yeah. So I think I think if there's a time for Zayn to be to overcome an obstacle, I think I think like right now it'd be a pretty good time with him and Amsa, especially. Yeah, and how many sets has he lost to Amsa recently? Was it like three? Like since double yeah, down, two or three, right? Three? Um, what, there was Apex, there was Summit. Was there one? Before Apex that? Summit and Double Down. Yeah. Double. Yeah, yeah. Double Down. Probably. Yeah. So, but before that, he had five or six sets in a row yeah, on he was him, beating right? him pretty solidly before that. Yeah. So, uh, I just think. I think that that comes down to Amsa innovated, Amsa got way way better, and Zayn and the rest of the world didn't like. It's only in the past few months that people are like, "Is Yoshi better than Peach?" People are just catching up to like, now you got to pep- prep for Yoshi. You know. So. Yeah, it's not like oh, like if I run into him for ninth, I'm screwed, but I'll probably won't run into him. It's like no, if you want to win a major, you you got to beat Amsa. When, when Amsa won big house, no one is thinking. Oh, I got to brush up on my Yoshi matchup. <laughs> I, none of the top 10 was thinking that. They were thinking, he finally did it. That's so sick. What a great player. That'll never happen yeah, but again. he just kept winning. <laughs> yeah, and then he just kept winning, right? It was a random thing. I, I couldn't right? believe but, it. Like, we, none of us could. The fact that it was so incredible, even the second and the third time he did it, I think to me shows that probably top players were thinking that too. And I don't think that any of them actually really started prepping the Yoshi matchup. And Zayn was very good at the Yoshi matchup, and I think we'll figure it out again. So, the most miraculous event in melee history. Literally, I could not believe it when, when it no, happened. No, 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 no. I, what was? What did you call it again? I said it would be the most one of the most miraculous things in esports history, not just melee. Yeah, I think you're you're like really dumb for doing that. <laughs> at least I, I stood by but my words. You already lost. You lost your bet. You lost your one to fifty bet with. Uh, Ambi. So, I lost to Ambi, the worst person injury. to lose it to. One to Dude, 50. I, of course I was right. I'm never wrong. Oh, God. I remember you saying that on the podcast. I was like, 2%? Now, I know that's easy to say this confirmation bias. We know what you want. I was not saying he was going to win. 2%? Whatever. I think all these answers are super fun. Honestly, I think even if we get the H-God win here, come from behind, you know. I, I, I have to say, there there is something in me <laughs> where I just felt it when you asked. And it doesn't make sense. It is the least likely tournament well, that, for him that's to what win. It tends but to if happen. you feel it about HBox, like I gotta listen to that. That that means that the ley lines are shifting. It's terrifying. Like, that's like, that's like remember, a very gut thing. Something in remember the planet's core. Gobble didn't make sense. There was nothing leading to this at yeah. Gobble. He looked really bad versus everyone, and then he just won. So yeah, when, when you feel that way about HBox, you kind of have to just trust your gut. So whatever, regardless of whatever happens here, it is going to be a show. I'm super excited to get to watch it. Um, and I'll, I'll see... Hey, maybe I'll see all of you here. Who knows? If yeah. prices from ATL to Newark are decent. Uh, maybe JFK? I don't know. I don't know how close any of that is. Maybe. Uh, um, but we'll see about that. And uh, yeah, we will We will have an episode uh, at some point after to discuss what happened here. Until then, though, we're, uh, we're wrapping up the show. So we've got um, some questions from patrons before we go. Now... Um, I will say half the questions or <laughs> more than half uh, were actually from people who aren't patrons, but uh, 
They had good questions. I don't know what to tell you. This is what the patrons don't realize is that sometimes they ask too good of a question and we're already going to ask it in the middle of the show. <laughs> so uh, someone said, like, who's a breakup performer at Collision? It's like, come on, we're going to use that. You know we're going to go over the bracket. We're going to go over the bracket. You know that. So here's one from uh, SoCal, one of our SoCal uh, friends, Amber Sinister. Uh, and uh, the question is, if you had to punch one of Ambi, Wheat, and Edwin in the face, who do you pick? I think he means or. <laughs> one of Ambi, Wheat, or Edwin. Uh... Huh. I was gonna say, I mean, it's between Ambie and Edwin. Um, you. You're not gonna, <laughs> Wheat's not in the picture. If I were in the picture, I would assume Wheat deserves it the most out, out of us three. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. I was, he may be the I, one I was, that you don't I was you, legitimately you gonna say Ambie so. because I think he can take it better than Edwin. Me, me, me and well, for sure. Take please, please, pick. please take it. If, if you punch Edwin, but, Edwin's in the hospital. But, but Ambie's eyes are so pretty. And so I don't really want to endanger those, you know? True. Like, people's eyes can change wow. if they okay. get fucked up enough. So Interesting. I, it was going to be Ambi because he could, but I think I think for the sake of protecting the fact that Eric's eyes are the same color as Fox's shine, I think I have to go with Edwin. Wow, his eyes aren't that pretty. I'm just going to All right, we've I'm got one for it. Edwin. This is bullshit. Wills, where do you land on this? Okay, well... You got to look at it from a logical thing. First, I can't really punch Wheat in the face because he's just too tall. Yeah. Have to you like ask him to anime. crouch or something. I'd have to, like I'd have to, no, that's not the same. I'd have to do like some anime backflip and like punch him in the head, but that's too much work. I, I can't do that. And you I'm not going to punch Edwin because I think... You wrestle. I think you actually could do it if you wanted to. I could wrestle. I don't... You didn't see me strike anyone. But I think... I thought it was... I, I, I've been thinking it's Ambi the whole time. Ambi's like my height, like... You want the punch to be a little solid if we're like hypothetically in this, and it's like I just can't hit Edwin. That's like kicking a puppy or something. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wow. do that. He's like, I don't, like, I don't know whether I should be offended by that or not, but you're a lovely little guy, Edwin. A lovely little guy. I know, I know, Andy has the dog take it. I would, I would, I would just pick Andy. Damn, he's he has a wedding coming up. Yeah, and he'll 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 take it in stride. True, <laughs> true. And you know what? Might look cool in a little suit. He's got a little black eye. It's like a Norman Rockwell. I mean, if it's a black eye, it'll go with the suit. Like it doesn't. True. It's not a big deal. <laughs> it's a black eye event. <laughs> yeah, a, a, uh, bla a black eye event. It's pretty it's good. It's black eye only. Um, Edwin, have we got another question? I think lined up for one of our patrons. Yeah, this one is from Jackzilla on a, on a similar note. If you had to kiss one of Ambie, Wheat, and Edwin in the face, who do you pick? I would get a stack of apple boxes and use them to retweet type. Oh my god. <laughs> I hate this. this the worst episode yeah, ever. you were the one who asked it. This is the worst episode ever. I had a different question no, lined no, up for you to ask. <laughs> Wills, what do you say? Hmm. I think it was really funny when we bullied Edwin for not having kissed one of the homies before. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave Edwin just, like, wanting. And then, and then live event, I flip a coin for Ambi and Wheat. 
Actually, <laughs> as long as it's not Edwin, that's yeah. Ridiculous. yeah Edwin, anyone I gotta, but him. I gotta keep the zero. I gotta keep the zero going. I would, I you have picked look. one of my favorite moments in the melee stats Discord. I think this was in the Patreon channel, but someone has the most Edwin random thing. Ever. You said no, and everyone L reacted. Yeah. Oh. I didn't say. Yeah, I said zero for for boy kiss count. <laughs> Just zero, and everybody yeah, L reacted. <laughs> And it's funny because other people are like, yeah, I've never kissed a guy either. And no one. No, someone responded with a W that I never kissed a guy before. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> they just want to make you feel better. They probably they probably kissed someone and just said, I'll I'll give Edwin the one. Oh, that's actually so funny. <laughs> they just want to feel better. But yeah, Wills is not letting you have that one. They're going to keep you at zero. Yeah, fair enough. All right. <laughs> well, um. Man, these, uh, this question is not as unhinged, but uh, speaking of Patreon channel kerfuffles, uh, Algebra123230 asks, do you microwave water for hot beverages? We got into a discussion what? about kettles. Uh, Americans don't use kettles. No, I have, I have an electric kettle and a regular kettle. I have an electric um, kettle as well, and yet... Yeah, <laughs> Ali has an electric kettle. Happened. Uh... No, because so for tea we use the kettle, mm-hmm. and then for hot chocolate I don't use water because I have a yeah, sense weird. Of taste. Yeah, you're just not weird. Yeah, and I don't drink coffee. So. How about um, you, Wills? I try not to really microwave anything at this point in my life. It's not there's not like a good reason, but I just like boil my water in a pot like a normal person. I don't it makes really you re- feel <laughs> makes you feel nice, right? Um, no, I feel like no. I, I, I could be like uh like Jack Nicholson in a '70s film when I'm boiling water on a stovetop. It's like green. Yeah, I still smoke cigs in my apartment and everything. It's like it's got a real risk vibe. Nice. But I'll be making out of there just fine. I haven't heard a gunshot in a couple weeks. Always good. Always good. But yeah, no, 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 no micro. Don't microwave my water. That's like freak behavior. Do you, uh, you don't microwave anything? How do you cook stuff? Um, Stovetop? I usually, I usually don't. I'm never in a process to use a microwave. Like, it's usually like a reheating tool, and I don't really reheat a lot of my food, which I, I think might be a weird opinion. It's like, I might cook, like, some meat or fish, like, the night before, but I probably won't, like, waste the time to reheat it. I'll probably just eat it cold. I just, I just don't really, like, reheat my food like that. You know what's fun is uh, taking those those microwavable veggie things they have those like packs of frozen veggies. Oh yeah, just bust them up and don't even put them in the microwave. You put them on a on a pan, maybe some I don't know, some some, some butter, garlic, or whatever, whatever you want in there. Um, Edwin, do you have another question lined up, or uh, or should we move on? Yeah, I I got one more. This one is from Danger. Um, it is. With Moki picking up 16 star and Counter Strike 2 likely to take Manga out of the game for a while, it looks like the future of melee streaming is grim. What's your take on the melee content landscape now that the top dogs are leaving for greener pastures? I don't, I don't know if I agree with this question totally, but <laughs> very leading question. Yeah, Zane, the question is: melee content is dead. What will happen now? Uh, that's stupid. It's not. <laughs> Not in the future. Who asked this? Is it, it? They're a kid. Don't don't worry about it. 
That's the rudest thing you could have responded to that. Yeah. You, you should have said no answer. It's deliberately rude. Uh, you might you might know them from attacking Kreestab for wanting to give money <laughs> to the They've had a bad month. <laughs> ah, it's been a rough nice. couple weeks. Uh, melee content isn't dead. Why aren't you making content? If you are saying that, go make some content. What YouTube videos do you watch? Do you think that they're funny or are they shit? Do you watch melee videos? Are they shit? Probably shit. Most of the melee content is not good. So make something hey. better. Yeah, we haven't made a video. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. That's that's actually less true these days. A lot of melee content is better these days, but like melee content isn't dead because you exist. So and if you think it's dead and don't want to make content, then you L. L. Just like uh, just like Edwin kissing zero guys, L. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, how many guys have you L. kissed? That's not, that's not what we're talking that's about not, right that's now. Not the same. Why yeah. isn't it L with me and not... This is because so it's dumb. with you. It, it fits so perfectly. You have one on your shirt right now. It's in normal. It's in normal. <laughs> what about you, Wells? Do you have any... Do you want to uh, speak on this melee contact question? Or... I... Let the silence speak for itself. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of just want to... I think I think Ludwig already had it, but I'm trying to skip all the pomp and circumstance of them like playing Smash. I just want like I just want Ginger and Cody to fight each other. <laughs> we're we're past melee. Make I can play, I can watch melee anytime. How often do I get to see top players put in a mouth guard? True. I think that's the content I want, personally. What's also so crazy about this is saying it because Yes, died. I don't know if that was the impetus for this. It actually was like... Moki playing 16 star and Mango <laughs> streaming uh, Sia uh, Counter Strike, which I, I feel like it's been streaming Valorant more, right? Oh, okay. It, it's winter, is my answer to that. Like, <laughs> this literally always happens. Wait three months and we'll, we'll be fine. Insane. Damn. Hard month for danger, but uh, I guess we've all been there. And uh, hey, speaking of uh, other places we've been. Let's talk about our, our last subject here before we go. Uh, our last segment, unnamed but known by the fans, is Touching Grass. This is the segment where we talk about stuff that's been going on in our lives that is not related to Melee, considering we talk about Melee so much. Uh, it's a little window into what we've been doing outside of that. So I will go first. And um, I made a big spreadsheet. I, I, I tend to make a lot of spreadsheets. I don't know. Pass of the time. It may need a new hobby. Um, and I, I, I categorized every single... Um, Best Picture nominee ever and Best Picture winner and how many I've seen. Because I was like, I really don't think I've seen a lot. And I know the percentages and they're very low. I, I also have never seen a, every nominee from a single year. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of debating on whether or not I, I try to make a big push before the uh, awards this season, but or the awards uh, this, you know. God, is it this weekend? Yeah. Jeez. Maybe I'll, uh, I've got three more I need to see this year to, to see all the Best Picture nominees, but what are they? honestly, I don't think that's the thing that I've been uh, doing or thinking about the most this past week, because uh, Friday, I went to see a concert, which is uh, pretty normal for me. I'm going to see a concert next week as well, but um, this one was fun because I saw it with my sister. My sister and I have gone to like one concert together ever, and we've been talking about going to more. And I was like, hey, have the weed experience. Be a front row freak. You know, we get a general admission tickets to a concert. 
I'll stand out in the line for like an hour before, like I normally do, and, and we'll be front row. Um, so we looked at the acts that were coming around, and uh, both of us love the New Zealand, I don't know, power pop band, I guess, the Beths. So I said, hey, let's go see the Beths. And uh, I had seen them before, front row already. So um, I was like, yeah, let's do it again. It'll be super fun. They're so, they're so, so great. Um, so I went to see it. It was great. They, uh, they had an opener who I kind of knew, but did not really, uh, uh, was not familiar with their game, I guess. And it was Sydney Gish, and she killed it. Uh, and the Beths killed it. And my sister and I had such a great time. And um, apparently there was a group of people behind me who was um, trying to figure out who, like, stands behind me. <laughs> they were like, okay, so, like, if you stand right here, you can kind of get half of you. I'll stand. That kind of made me feel a little bad. Apparently one of them wore the same shoes as I did and, like, put their foot up next to mine <laughs> to show the difference between how big my foot was and how big their foot was. Um my answer to that is get there before I do, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I'm a big man, and I do – I try to make myself smaller at events when I am front row, but it's only so much I can do. Um, so can I Can I, I guess what three best picture noms you haven't seen? Go for it. All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. Women Talking. Yeah. And then the third one – you said you just saw Banshees, or you're about to see it? I just it? saw Banshees. Okay, so then the third one is – Elvis. Triangle of Sadness. Oh, it is. Ah, it's, just all, Elvis. it's just all of the kind of it's, serious sad ones. Huh? It's the serious sad ones. Yeah, it's not. Hey, I love serious sad movies, but uh, I, I ended up just. I, I thought like Triangle out. of Sadness would be of a type with the other ones, but I was like, but nah, nah, I think we'd seen it. Okay. okay. It seems like a movie I would have seen. I, I've never. Uh, it didn't end up working out. So uh, I, I intend to see them all eventually. I might as well get one year where I've seen everything. <laughs> But until then, no, I'm just rocking with the other ones. Elvis, I've got some thoughts on Elvis. Maybe we'll talk about it afterwards. Um, but yeah, what what have you been up to, Edwin? It looks like you're falling asleep on camera, so we will uh, we'll go over to you. I've uh, I saw a comedy show last weekend, or I guess a couple weekends ago. I, I saw Stavros Halkius uh, from one of my favorite comedians. It was really great seeing him. I actually had like really really nice seats with my friends. We were sitting at tables in the front, and I like. So heading into the show, I was almost certain he was going to call on me. I just, I don't know what it was. I just had a feeling. I had a feeling I'm going to sit there. He's going to call on me. He's going to ask me what I do for a living. I'm going to have to talk about Smash somehow. I'm going to get roasted in front of Yeah, you were trying to think of, like, what you should lie about. You're like, i got to think of a lie. What could I lie about doing? The the thing is, I don't mind being made fun of, but what I don't want to do is, like, I don't want to try to riff with him or, or say something and be like, no, 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 like, stop Stop it! Just answer right. Like sometimes you see Edwin's people. Try- greatest fear: running bits. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not trying to run bits with Stavros. I have to say is. yes and. Yeah, I I'm, can just yes. Yeah, I'm trying to answer his question. Let him do his work. Let him do his job. If he continues going. Just kind of grin, bear it. It'll be great. Whatever. And then I go there, and this motherfucker doesn't call on me at all. <laughs> is, I, does, is that a thing he does? He calls on people. Yeah, sometimes he just kind of uh, asks random questions ba- based on like the audience members, like mm-hmm. sort of what uh, what's come up or whatever. Like he'll he'll pick on recurring people or whatever. And and I love his routine. I thought he I thought he brought up a bunch of like really funny stuff, but none of it was particularly pertinent to me to me or sort of like stuff I'd be able to talk about. It was actually some of my friends wanted to wanted to uh, wanted to answer some of his questions, but they got too scared, <laughs> which is pretty funny. <laughs> 
Because it was just like, I, I went with a bunch of my hometown friends, and we had all just like agreed, like, oh yeah, like Stavros is gonna is gonna call on Anoke. We just know it. It's gonna happen no matter what. So I had sort of convinced myself it was gonna happen. I was really nervous going to see the show, and I was like, okay, fine. And somewhere in yep. my head, I I prepared for the possibility of being of being part of a Stavros Halgia show, and it just never happened. It was just a fine comedy. It was a great comedy show. I just watched it and everything. It 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 was great. I, I loved it. I definitely I definitely would want to go see him again. It, it was, What's it was funny great. is I realized afterwards that I probably could have messaged Slime. And then, like, he could have messaged Stavros and sent him a picture of you, God. and it would be like, set your targets on this guy. Fuck this Do guy. Do not hold back. Yeah, I was, yeah, one of my friends said, like, oh, you should go to Stavros after the show and be like, oh, I know Slime. First off, I was like, first off, don't mention that guy's name around me. Don't fucking mention Slime. I'm not going to br- bring him up. Slime Edmund Beef is the dumbest beef out there. No. No, dude. There's no stopping up. <laughs> he sucks. This is a no, dude. I'm hitting you with an ambiism. That's that's how you know it's real. <laughs> Just you're supposed to guess and. Come on. <laughs> so Stavros, very good show. What was the funniest thing he said? I can't repeat it on stream. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good, man. TLS. Uh, Zane, what have you been up to? I, I mean, I there's. Obviously, a lot of going on in your life recently, but if, if there's anything you want to call out right here, now's your chance. Also went to a comedy show, uh, John Early. That was really good. Ah. Uh, birthday. Oh, the best thing that I did, I also went and looked at a wedding venue this past week, which was cool. That was fun. But um, I don't want to reveal too much information about it. It is the Apex 2015 venue, the first one. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> the one that collapsed. <laughs> For my birthday, Allie, my fiance, surprised me with a trip to Dirt Candy, a restaurant that is vegetable forward in New York. And they don't say they're vegetarian or vegan because I think they will have animal products like binders and stuff in it. But uh, it was the best meal I've had in like a year, a uh, tasting wow. menu, and it was so incredible. Uh, every course was themed around one vegetable, so it was like eats and then dessert was potato there was an onion course that was like a caramelized onion tart pizza thing uh but the best one was there was a a dish there was a course that was all squash and it was this fried squash that was fried so that it tasted like fried chicken but it had such a different texture because it was still soft like squash but crispy on the outside and then there was a kabocha squash gravy and spaghetti squash slaw and it was one of the best things i've had ever in my entire life um and and for a prefix menu like very reasonable price i think it was 90 something dollars so like for a splurge night like of like seven courses it's not bad it's not bad you know it's a splurge but like that that's that's a something where you could could potentially do it so that was amazing Anyone who has the chance to go to Dirt Candy in New York should go. It was great. Edwin. Thank you to my fiance for making the reservation. If you enter in the black for uh, for collision bets this weekend, we can go. Ooh, bet. <laughs> Literally. Uh, what about you, Wells? What have you been up to? Um, I haven't had too much time to get away from Melee because I had, like, I had Bimmy weekend after before last and then like this weekend i think me and panko ran invitational 
but in my free time i've just been reading like a song of ice and fire oh nice. I, have a, I, have a, I have a little book club like with uh with, like panko and swaggerby and we like discuss it in like a discord channel and i think i'm on, I'm on book three i'm like halfway in a storm of swords like just met oberon martell mm-hmm. i don't want to spoil it for anyone that's watching or reading but I've been really enjoying that. That takes up like a lot of my time when I'm not at a tournament. Or... Yeah, it, it's nice that you're reading Storm of Swords. That's the best one out of the out of the main books, I think. You get you get some crazy editions of like upon the other I books. Them so long ago. I remember from from when I flirted with the idea of reading them all after I read the first one and then kind of didn't care. <laughs> I was wondering. I wondered where you were going. That you said I flirted with, and, and I thought you were going to talk about trying to like, pick up someone by talking about a song of ice and fire for a moment. I honestly, you know what? Back in uh, back when I was in high school, Game of Thrones was everywhere. Maybe it would have worked. Um, but uh, no, I read the first book, and I was just like, this seemed exactly like the show, and it uh, was weirder. <laughs> it was creepier. The women are younger. The women. The... And the sex scenes are more graphic. So I, I put it down, but I did hear that the books um, afterwards were, were not as, uh, you know, the, um, the, the, seasons, uh, the show was not as one-to-one with the books, and the books end up being better. And I, yeah, I remember at the time, everyone was saying that the third one is just, like, by far the best. Storm of Swords is so awesome. It, it's definitely better than, like, Clash of Kings or Game of Thrones, like, yeah, by far, in my opinion. But we'll, we'll see. I'm excited for Feast of Crows. Or Feast Four Crows, maybe I think it's called. Feast. Yeah. Did, did you Feast Crows is Feast awful. Four Crows. Okay. Yeah, Feast Four Crows is the worst one out of the out of the five. I, I should. Out of the worst one. Yeah. Did it, you it's like did you finish close. did you finish Storm of Swords? Me? No, no, I'm still reading it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, this yeah. I, I just met I just met Oberyn. And okay, 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 okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't I can't talk too much about it on on camera because I it would it would break my disciplines to like spoil it. <laughs> But I've never, I've never seen the, the show. Storm of Swords also has, from what I remember, I'm rereading the plot summary now because I truly cannot do it. Like I, where I can remember what happens in which book. But it has the most fun, like exciting plot lines that are different. From mm-hmm. Oberyn being a good, a good example of that. Does it hold up, Wills? Does it hold up after all these years? Um. I think it's excellent. It, it was it was pretty. I didn't know really what to consider. I'd like never seen the show, like not even like a minute. I think of Game oh, of Thrones, same. and it was, it was it was pretty prevalent and kind of weird that I avoided it. But I think the books are like worth their weight in salt, gold maybe. I'm mean, I'm still reading them. I mean, I would have dropped it if I thought it sucked. If you really uh, like the if you really like the books, you should check or the mainline books. You should check out Fire and Blood, uh, which is which is what. Roughly speaking, portions of it are what House of the Dragons based off of. Oh yeah, yeah. No, someone was th- someone was talking to me last week about about Fire and Blood. Um, I'll definitely read it. I don't know if I'll read it like before I finish the series or like after, but I do mean to get to it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you if you end up going through the uh, Game of Thrones series, we'll let you into the. <clears throat> I think we were. We had the Discord started during the last season. We had a Game of Thrones only um, channel. Yeah, and, uh, you could track all of the uh, highs and lows. <laughs> the high, the highs and lows. I can track season. I can track the final seasons like just travesty. 
I hey. only hear the worst. I only hear the worst I things. Say, yeah. <laughs> but if you know it's bad, yeah, it's yeah. yeah I, if you, if you know it, if you know it's, I probably feel feel different just watching. If it's it not like, a spoiler to tell you it sucks at the end, then yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's like I know. <laughs> I've heard about it. I don't, well, I don't maybe want... the book's ending won't suck. We'll find out uh, whenever it ends up. But there's two more we need. Current current, current read is uh, George R. R. Martin drops both books at the same time. Sounds like a cope. The double. No, 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 no. It's not cope. It's not cope. It's not cope. He actually, Beyonce he... surprise releases it this Friday. You're such a hater. You didn't even. Read... <laughs> I, won't, I won't take this from you. I you hope want... he releases it just for you. You're the Patriots fan that came on right after 2007. Right after. Don't you don't call me a Patriots fan. Damn, that's man. cold. That's the worst thing you could call me. <laughs> I, I won't. <laughs> I'll just well, call you weak. the show before it gets any more heated. Wills, uh, where could people follow you if they... You know, um, follow you on the... Uh, on follow the me board. on What You Mean Wills. I don't tweet very often, though, so... Don't do that, actually. That is my Twitter, though. Zane, what's your Twitter? Is there any At, anywhere else you don't stream or anything, right? No, no, I don't stream. Um, I guess catch me like playing the easiest character in doubles at, at Georgia tournaments, getting second at doubles. I don't know. Nice. Out of bed and doing that. <laughs> catch Will's there, and uh, and Zane, how about yourself? Where can people follow you? At Ipengu on Twitter. Watch uh, me commentate weekly at my local, and I'll be commentating at Collision as well. And Zane, if there's um, anything that people want to do in light of uh, BTS's shutdown, is there anywhere where people can direct their attention and or funds? Do you know? I, I know that there is a... Um... You can hire yeah. people who were laid and off. If you, and if you want to find all their resumes, is there a place where they're all together? Uh, yeah, they're LD, so so LD, uh, the founder of BTS, who is great, by the way, no ill will, has posted on his Twitter a collection of all of the BTS staff members, uh, and it has their resumes and, and contact info, et cetera, et cetera. So just signal boosting that is really helpful, because I know people have been actually getting stuff through that, so go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Also, I'll say, on, like, si- signal boosting in general, that was helpful, but um, at nightclub last week one of the commentators and i know this was all good intentions doesn't have a twitter and so twitter handle was at beyond the summer bts smash and i was like raising awareness we all know (laughs) (laughs) not sure if anyone's heard but uh bts i'm breaking the news to people it's no more (laughs) that's what uh that's what it is by putting in your handle well it was lovely to have you both on, and I uh, hope to get to see both of you at Kalisha. And if not, yes. I'm sure I'll see both of you someplace soon. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be there. If you uh, if you want to catch us, ooh, Edwin, when's the last time we did this? I don't remember any of our socials. You can follow us at Melee Stats Pod on Twitter. We uh, tweet daily results out. Uh, thanks to our um, intern who's been like destroying everybody, Melee Stats Danny. Uh, the guy's getting too good. Um, you can follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Melee Stats if you want to watch these episodes live. If you want to watch them after they air, they're on our YouTube at the Melee Stats Archive. You can go over to the Melee Stats channel on YouTube and watch our long-form content. Uh, MeleeStats.co is where we post articles such as Wednesday Melee and Monday Morning Marth. And if you love everything we do and you just want to support us in any way you can, 
patreon.com slash melee stats you can go do so there thank you everyone for being on and uh thank you for everyone who's watching appreciate that and we will be back again shortly to talk about all the stuff that happened at collision whether or not we are right whether or not we are wrong and uh about um i don't know how how crazy edwin got i'm sure he's gonna get into something there <laughs> what hotel shenanigans he gets up to so i will see everyone then peace see you guys farewell